Well, we are back, huh? We're back at the Nine Club, everybody. Today, we have a very special. He's shaking his head. Special, <laughs> special guest, Mr. Patrick O'Dell, is with us. How are you, dude? I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming, dude. Yes. I'm nervous. I feel like I like being behind the camera better. We all know you from behind the camera. I mean, you've been up behind the camera a long time, you know, mm -hmm. um, from your days at Thrasher, New York, Vice, VBS even, you know, which is interesting. I want to get into a lot of that epically latered stuff because it's fascinating what you made from a blog into a show. So definitely talk about all that. But for those of you out there in TV, YouTube land, I just want to mention that Heath Kirchart is sitting here behind the scenes. <laughs> yes. He's right here. Maybe he will or will not come on the show one day. We have high, we have high hopes that that will be the case. Uh, so thanks for coming. Are you currently in Oakland now? Oakland, yes. Nice, dude. How do you like it out there? I love it for the um, the geography. Mm. Like there, like ten minutes from my house, there's a hike you can hike through redwoods. Really, mm. I've been going camping a lot. And Oakland, I don't picture camping and, and, and hiking. <laughs> uh, Oakland, it's, I picture just yeah driving and walking and a bunch of other stuff. Riding the Bart. You, yeah, riding the Bart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think the Oakland that I knew back when I lived in SF and from skating, it's probably the same Oakland in the skatable areas. But yeah, there's a Redwood Forest. Huh. And and I go hiking sometimes in... Um, Marin and okay, just be at Bay Area is beautiful. So, do yes. you like you? You're a nature guy. You like mm -hmm. to be outdoors and all the nature stuff. Yes. Okay. Was it? Is it moving up there for work or just like I'm gonna? Yeah. Oh, okay. A work thing. What's What's up with work? It's my wife's work. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like it's a it's kind of a random place to move for to Oakland, kind of. But yeah, it wasn't filming epically later. It's up there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you were filming epically later, I mean, we should talk about. I mean, we could talk about how you got your start in all this, you know, um, gr growing up and then, you know, getting uh, sure. well, like your first job was Little Caesars Pizza. Okay. <laughs> yes. nice. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> Taking photos for them or their website? Making pizzas. <laughs> okay. okay. And um, have you ever had Little Caesars? I pizza, pizza. Yeah. 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 Five for five or five for, for two or something? It's always two pizzas. They, really? don't, they don't deliver. Yeah, they have little, it's like a, they have, it's. You just get $5 pizzas there. It's almost like little yeah. kiosks. Did they have the crazy stick with it? Crazy, crazy bread? Yeah. yeah. Whatever, dude, that, I remember that, bro. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> when you were, when I was younger. Yeah. That yeah, was, yeah. Uh, definitely hit the spot. And my first skate job, I got a job at Woodward Skate Camp as a dishwasher because they were like, you can stay for free and skate if you wash dishes. Oh, wow. That's and I was like, bad. signed, I think I went as a camper. When I was starting I Woodward, Pennsylvania, yeah. Right, and right. I went as a camper and then so I met some people that were like, We're we're the dish dogs and they let you stay for free if you wash dishes and I was like, Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Any wow. every kid's dream. Yeah. Right? I guess that's not a job if you're not getting paid. Maybe you get like a hundred dollars and it, whatever. And extend your stay? You get to stay. Yeah. And like, you do two shifts a day, so you either breakfast or lunch, mm. lunch, dinner, wash the dishes. And you get to skate the rest of the time. And how old were you then? It's not a bad Probably game. 17. Amazing. 18, 16, 17. Okay. The other, the other dish dog, Scott Pazelt was a dish dog wow. with me. No way. Wow. And he ripped. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was oh, blowing he's always it. ripped. He was like blowing everyone's mind. 
crazy. Let's see. So we so Woodward first job dishwasher right, but uh, Columbus, Ohio is that right? Mm -hmm. You grew up there. Yes. And then um, where did you go from Woodward? Well, oh, I went to col I went to San Francisco Art Institute mm. to study photography and fine art. But at this point in time, were you already taking photos of skating though? Yeah. So San Francisco seemed like the a, a good move. Yeah, it was like. I think I, I wanted to, you know, attend college, study art, whatever. But I also was thinking, like, I had met Bryce Knights. I had met some people in skating. Mm. And I thought, I'm going to be a skate photographer. And I'm going to go there and just lurk around with my camera, <laughs> shoot photos outside of school, outside of, like, homework. And is that exactly what you did? Yeah, I had already, Bryce, I met Bryce Knights at Woodward. Okay. And he's like, and I gave him my little, like, skate zine. Oh, you were making zines. He was the photo editor, Thrasher. And he's like, oh, I would print this photo. I'd print that photo. Like, send me pictures. And they printed a few things here and there. Really? And then I moved to SF as, you know, just get out of Ohio, be a skate photographer. Right. I had, like, crappy equipment and would shoot with kind of, like, sponsored level skaters and send them. But Thrasher, of course, if you were in SF, they didn't need me because they had Luke Ogden and yeah. they had Gabe Morford and they had all these people. So I ended up sending pictures to different magazines like Strength, which was in yep. Cincinnati. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Slap, or, probably. Slap was still in No, Slap didn't city. need me. Yeah, oh, okay. I didn't think it through. I was like, oh, they won't. If I move there, they won't need me. Because mm. they already got people. But so wait, so you were, how long were you in SF for? Four years. Four years. So you got in good with them because then you moved to New York, right? And that's when you really York. became like staff photographer for them, right? Yeah, because they didn't have an East Coast person. Mm, see, that's I, that's a ticket, right? Yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. I think I just had a girl. I had a girlfriend in New York, and I was like, all right, I'm going to New York. Huh. <laughs> and then, so what did they say? Like, hey, we just we need somebody out there. We'll put you on staff. Yeah, Burnett hooked it up. Got you. Super sick. So, damn, you went from SF. When you were in SF, who were you taking photos of? Like, were you taking photos of, like, Sattva and, like, Maybe. Scott Johnston and all these people or what? Not Scott Johnston. I think he was pro-level, but okay. maybe just, a, just like, whoever I could. What year? What time frame was this? 95 to 99. Oh, sick. So I have so pictures of, like, like, Mike York or Spencer ooh, Fujimoto. Nice. Or, um, it's almost like the end of like the old EMB era. Man, I had one that would have been so good, but it came out blurry, which was of Shamil Randall mm. doing like a backside nose grind on the higher Black Rock. Okay. Like so on top of it. And I remember it came out blurry because I sucked at shooting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I always think about that one. Like that would have been a sick photo if yeah. I knew what I was doing. And I think I didn't have the real fisheye because mm -hmm. it was too expensive. And I had the 24 millimeter lens, which is like when it, it distorts everyone in the in the sides you know if someone's head's in the corner their head's distorted oh, right. it's just like okay. the shitty lens for shooting skate photos at this time was emb still a thing or was this more like pure seven pure seven oh. yeah gotcha so you missed the whole but i would just lurk and shoot skate photos if i could right and shoot portraits of people i mostly like shooting portraits and stuff. that's it okay so i have tons from back then of you know Whoever. Well, yeah. it's interesting because you came out with a book recently, Big River, right? Uh, your trip down the uh, Mississippi, yeah. right? With uh, with Heath and a couple other people. How come you've never done a photo book with all these rad headshots that you have and everything? Have I've, you done about it? I've done little zines, mm -hmm. but I'm actually working on one. Nice. You are? Yeah. Amazing. So we, we, we kind of, not rushed this one out, but I got this out because I made a 
I'm doing a book with a publisher, and it's the my blog, Epically Lettered, mm-hmm. not the show, the blog version. The blog, blog, yeah. Turned into a book. Interesting. And so we're working on it now. Nice. Let me ask you a question about that because for people that don't know, Epically Lettered was a blog that you first. It was like kind of the first skate blog that kind of took off, right? How did you just? Is it archived or something? Because was it's this a up. Tumblr thing or what was this? No, it's hosted by Yahoo, I guess. Uh-huh. But I just pay the bill every month. Still, I don't, <laughs> I don't add to it, and I don't know if I could if I wanted to. But I pay. It's know, still up there. Six dollars a month <laughs> to sit there. It's a couple times. It's a couple times I've forgotten to pay or my credit card changed, and then the site disappeared, and someone would email me and be like, "Hey, your site's down." And then I would go in and change my credit <laughs> oh, card. Try to figure out, oh my God. So tell us the story behind the uh, Epically Later blog. Because again, it was kind of the first skate blog that took off. Um, mm-hmm. But what's the name behind Epically Later? I heard you didn't even like that name in the beginning. Yeah, now I'm used to it. But we, I was on a skate trip with a bunch of friends. And you know how you, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've had this. You go on a trip and you start having words for the trip. Okay. Just things you yeah. think are funny. Sure. And these guys I was on the trip with, they kept saying later, like somebody was like, it, it, it originated, one of them worked at a construction site and a bunch of people were complaining. And he's like, oh, I latered those guys. But he <laughs> said later to them because mm-hmm. they were being a, annoying or whatever. So we kept saying latered. And then we kept saying epic, which I think we were using ironically, like kind of like a bro way. So everything was either epically epic or later the whole trip. And so anyway, when I was at the URL trying to think of names, I had all these name ideas for the blog. Uh-huh. And they kept, you know, I wanted the dot com and they kept being taken. So I put an epically later in it. It was there. But that's also because <laughs> that's the word safe. epically is spelled wrong. Mm. It's like it's E P E P I C I A L Y, I think is the did correct you, spelling. Did you purposely misspell no, it? I d- no, I had no clue. I didn't even know for like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so and then later it's not a real word, so. Right, right. Okay, what, do you remember any of the, the names that you wanted to call it? Like what was the top of the list? Do you remember? Oh, this is embarrassing probably. I would like I to think I was going to call it Skateboard Showcase. Because okay. I liked... Um, like when you go into a like a vintage store or something, there'd be like a showcase with jewels or something. And oh. I was like, showcase. I like Epically Later. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've I now gotten used to it, but it took maybe 10 years. Wow. Why 10 years though? I mean, just, this was the most popular thing in skateboarding yeah. like, for a long time. I think, I guess it's just names. Because I think there's a lot of stupid names in skating and I guess you just get used to them. Like, isn't it Thrasher kind of stupid or Baker? But you just get used to it. <laughs> this is true. Like even when Girl Skateboard started, I yeah. was like, Hmm? Yeah. And then, but you get right. You get used to it pretty quick. Even Nine Club, it took me a while to kind of start saying the name because mm-hmm. it's just you know something new. I guess you can get used to it, yeah. But yeah, not ten years. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have this blog now. Epically later, mm-hmm. you're pushing it. You're doing it, and then. Tell us how the VBS got involved. Because I was sitting back, I was sitting trying to rack my brain of, I was sitting there like, where the hell was Epically Latered? Was it on a YouTube channel? Was it on, and then I remember VBS. Mm-hmm. I was on like a live stream and we were trying to remember and everybody, right. VBS. And so you've always been with Vice, mm-hmm. which I found interesting. So I like doing the blog because when I was in art school, you'd have a box of photos mm-hmm. and 
you maybe show them to some people or you make a zine. And, and the blog was great because suddenly a lot of people could look at it. Right. And you could tell little stories. And I liked that aspect of it, the storytelling part of it. And I stopped working at Thrasher and took a job at Vice mm -hmm. as the photo editor. And my boss, they, well, they launched VBS as like their platform. I think later they changed the name back to just Vice TV or whatever, but they suggested I do a skate show. And I think it was because no one else working there had like had uh, skate connections mm. or what, or I don't know why, but they just like, you can do the skate show. But and this is where I'm confused. Can you just clear this up for me? Cause like, I, I feel like you started in 2004, but vice VBS started in 2007. Am I tripping on that or were you know. already do, were Vice you, launched with my show. It launched with your show. Well, VBS. VBS did. did. Okay. So, so that we was in on, 2007. Yeah. I don't, you don't remember. Like years and years are I was in New York. We yeah. were partying. I don't remember. But, <laughs> hey, uh, the, yeah. It launched with the show. It launched with Dustin Dolan. First episode. I thought it was Cardiel. No. Dustin. Really? Dustin Dolan. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I filmed I filmed a couple first, and I think I filmed Billy Rohan first. Wow. <laughs> and so we did a Billy Rohan episode as like a pilot, but then we launched with Dustin Dolan, and Billy's was maybe like the fourth. Nice. Just saved it a little bit. Yeah. But we had a different concept going, and, um, and we weren't going to think of a new name for it, and we couldn't think of a name. And then they were like, just call it Epically Later. This episode is supported by AG1. When I first started drinking AG1 daily, I could feel a real difference in my daily health. I also had more energy, and I also noticed I felt more relaxed and I could focus easier. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I also love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium and vitamin D for energy support, adaptogens to balance my body's stress level, vitamin C and zinc to help support my immune health. I recommend AG1 to all my family and friends. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner with us for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash nine club. That's drinkag1.com slash nine club, N-I-N-E-C-L-U-B. Go check it out. Did you know what you were getting yourself into at that time? In terms of like, this is, it, 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 like I said before, it got to be the, one of the biggest things in skateboarding and you were covering the biggest skateboarders around. Like no, at the time I just, too, yeah. I was picturing it like skate TV on Nickelodeon. <laughs> like we're going to do skits. We're going to, Hey, we're going to zoo York to look how boards are made. Oh, you had a whole different idea for this. A little bit, a little more skate TV. That was a time skate TV definitely had a moment. And then, so Dustin Dolan's is a little like, we're going to the, the store to buy pants and then we're going to a bar and then we're going to get a tattoo. It was just kind of like. And Those I, things all seem like Dustin Dolan would do in a right. regular day. <laughs> yeah, it was like day in a life. Yeah, like we're just yeah. doing a day in a life. And like a 411 skate TV kind of thing. And then I did Dills. 
Oh, here you are right here. Oh, God. <laughs> Probably coming out of the bar right here. I, I was going to say that that was the, the pants store. It's called Trash and Vaudeville, and this guy who worked there, Jimmy, I believe his name was, that guy. Uh-huh. And it's funny because he appears in um, Jim Greco's episode. We go back to the same store. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, you have relationships with all these people. Right, I mean, you were going. You went on the first Baker tour, yeah, ever, mm-hmm. and you went on Baker tours after that, which I heard kind of sparked the whole epically later thing. Is that true? Like little... just being on Baker tours and stuff. So I I happened upon the Baker tour. They were in Philly, okay, and I just was like, "You guys don't have a photographer? Can I come?" And it turned out they didn't even have room in their van for their team. <laughs> like they just met in Philly. It started in Philly. And so then they needed me to come in order to put more people because they couldn't fit everyone in the van. Right. So in my car, I had Terry Kennedy, Knox Godoy, and Evan Hernandez. You had the kids' oh, table. Man. I had the kids' table. Okay. Yeah. And then I had the, <laughs> they, they said, oh, yeah, it was go. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> I, then I was in the kids' room. No. Oh. And, and one night they were torturing me so much, somebody... Knox Godoy or somebody put like shaving cream in my suitcase. Oh <sighs> my gosh. Oh yeah. Put- I was getting bullied by the little kid. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so then I wrote the article and I was, again, I, I, I was pretty like average skate photographer, but I really liked the telling the story. I was like, this is insane. These dudes are insane. This is different. Mm-hmm. I liked big brother magazine when it started. And I was kind of inspired by this idea that, you know, that you're like the, le- you're going to tell, tell the story. You're the lens you're kind of like, I'm the average person and I'm with these interesting people and I'm going to communicate the story. I'm here to right. tell it, yeah. Right, so I went on the trip and I talked so much <laughs> shit on them. Oh, because Reynolds was drinking and was in the, like, in the hotel lobby crying and got in a fight and Jay Strickland called him Buzzkill Chick Salt Cop Magnet. And I would put that in the story, like, oh, Reynolds was crying and then this happened. Oh, no. This these kids and I thought Andrew was going to be mad at me and I saw him at Tampa because I didn't know him that well mm. I saw him at Tampa and I was like a little nervous like this dude's going to be pissed because I was like airing him out and he's like I love that article that was <laughs> <What>? the sickest <laughs> thank you so much yeah. and then he started bringing me on everything because wow. he just liked the, he liked the story do you even wow. know he, if he read it <laughs> or he just liked the photos I think he liked I think he liked because I think the truth he, because yeah because Andrew I think is like me like Andrew told me that he's boring. Andrew's like, I'm boring. And if I hung out with 20 more of me, it would be boring. <laughs> so I just okay, bring, right. I just grab fun people and crazy people uh-huh. and people with weird looks and stuff. And that's who I want around me. Hmm. And I feel a little bit the same way. Okay. Amazing. Okay. So that Baker tour, and you went on many other Baker tours, mm-hmm. but that got you. I mean, I could see where an idea of like filming all this would come into play of like doing a story about Dustin and a story about uh, Ellington and all these people. Because sometimes, sometimes when I was shooting skate photos, I, just, Greco, I distinctly remember sitting at the bottom of some stairs and being bored. Like, oh, this is like annoying. Mm. <laughs> and I remember Beagle even getting bummed at me. Like, you don't seem like you are that stoked on this. <laughs> Like, don't you get stuck? Like, we, I remember shooting something. And I remember thinking it was kind of not that interesting. Okay. You know, it's like three in the morning and you're just like in piss. And I just remember thinking like, yeah, I guess I'm not that passionate about 
that, huh. the action aspect of this. Mm -hmm. But I was passionate about the storytelling. The storytelling. And so when I got the opportunity to do the show, and there were other documentary type shows that I watched, and I love like documentaries, mm -hmm. that some of the early ones were a little superficial, but I think it was the Jason Dill one, which was maybe like the fourth or fifth one. We, I called World Industries and was like, is it okay if I use this footage from a, like a 101 video? And they were like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And, I, and this was before YouTube. So I was thinking, nobody's seen, like we're gonna digitize this VHS tape and we're gonna sprinkle it over him talking. Mm. And I didn't know that we were allowed, like that was something that we could do. And then that changed the direction of the show. It's like I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to use this stuff. And all the companies were just like, sure, use whatever you want. Yeah, I mean it's kind of the wild, wild west back then, right? I mean, even for music. Mm -hmm. You know? What about when you were filming things? Was it like literally you filming and asking questions, or do you have someone filming for you? Well, that episode that we just showed, Fat Bill or Bill Strobeck was filming. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Bill Strobeck filmed some of the early ones. But I think Vice didn't want to pay any budget like my show they weren't that i don't know it was hard to get budget were you getting paid yeah i got a pay okay when it came out mm. but they weren't giving me a production budget oh. so they're paying you for the just the final product you got to flip the bill for everything i mean they paid bill but maybe it was like 200 bucks or something uh -huh. and it just it, it was a barrier to get them made so they gave me a, a little camera with a little lav mic and i just would start shooting as best I could. Okay. So that's why I, I can't really watch a lot of the episodes. They like, I, I'm embarrassed by how they're shot sometimes, but the editors did an amazing job of turning it and of polishing it into something really great. So you would film it, you would give all this stuff to the editors Were you, were you working closely with the editors? Like, yeah. Hey, we need to get this video on top of this. You were directing it, so to speak. Sometimes, so I, I don't know. I was lucky. There's this woman named Lauren Cinnamon who was our editor, and she was a genius. And oh. she would, I think, if I tried to direct, she'd just kick me out of the room. Because <laughs> be like skedaddle. Because there were times where I'm too stoked on the source material. There was a point we did the Cardiel episode, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you got to talk about the drop in on Burnside. You got to talk about the Gold Rail. You yep. got to talk about Ollie Miley. You got to talk about this one slam. You got, and she's just like, can you just pick one? Like, we're not going to talk. We can't make this that long. You just got, basically, she wasn't a skater. She wasn't as like. Invested in that sense. Right. And, and so she made smart decisions because I think mm. if it was up to me, because I think the Dustin Dolan episode, I tried to edit it a little myself okay. and I end up with a three hour thing. And they can be like, I can turn this into eight, a good, like a solid five minutes, eight minutes. Interesting. Because it left up to me. <clears throat> well, you kind of need that. But at the same time, you're leaving so much out. Right. And But I think it worked for us yeah. because people wanted more at the end. True. So yeah, they were true. like, oh, I can't wait till next week. I'll watch Definitely. them all. And did you have it in your mind maybe like, hey, I can go follow up with Dustin Dolan. I can go follow up with Cardiel. We could do a number two, a number three. Yeah. Mm. And I, I wanted it to be weekly. To this day, right now, I want it to be weekly. I would still be doing them weekly. So I was like, oh, this could be something where we just pop in on people every week. Kind of like your show. Sure, your sure. show. But that, you know, I was like, this could be a weekly thing. Hmm. Did you have to get the okay for them? They're like, cool, we're going to do a Josh Kalis episode for like, we're going to do like six of them. No, like, they didn't. They didn't know who any skaters were. So I felt like I could have made somebody up. Oh, wow. <laughs> that wow. would have been amazing. Yeah. yeah, seriously. You should have done that. But like, 
But you said you did like an eight minute one at first with Dustin Dolan. When was the decision like, oh, I'm going to do a bunch of series? I think they they were getting lots of views and it was one of the more views shows on their yeah. site. Mm. So they were like, well, people are watching. Let's, Let's let them. Because I think there were a lot of times where they're like, these need to be three minutes. Easy. It's mm. kind of the formula back then too, though. It was so a short form. That's why we chopped them up. So Cardiel was like an hour and 20 minutes and... It was like 16 parts or something insane. And like broken up over each week. Yeah. So each part was five minutes. Maybe not 16 oh. parts. Maybe. I mean, the total was an hour and 20 minutes? Hour and 20 mm. minutes. Just maybe 16 is wrong. Wow. Maybe it was eight. I don't know, but it was chopped into six minute parts. That's crazy. That is insane. I mean, to think about that now, because it, it, there is a balance between, you know, right? It's short form and long form. They both go if they're good right i mean vice is putting have been putting stuff out on the website like the new you know the muska episode mm -hmm. and they've been like re-uploading stuff in, but in i'm full. like looking at how that interview on the counter shot like i'm sitting there with like the camera in my lap and it's shaking <laughs> yeah and i think there's a few shots where i do the white balance while he's talking <laughs> <laughs> and the editors just covered it all up and i guess cardiel's so engaging you don't notice mm -hmm. but sometimes i watch these i'm like couldn't you get a tripod or But that's try? what's so raw about it though, bro. I think that's, that's like, like the best I think, especially now in hindsight, like that's that's the core thing about it. And I think that's what people really enjoy, you know what I mean? Especially in that time. Yeah, because it's like we're in John's living room. Right. We're fishing around in his basement. I'm just following him around with the camera. Yeah, you feel like a fly in the wall. Yeah. Yes. I feel like they, the, exactly. the person you get interviewed feels more comfortable. And there, also, yeah. I mean, there's huge television shows now that do handheld, shaky stuff. Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm -hmm. uh, Rested um, Development, like mm -hmm. all these shows now. For sure. They just have bad camera ups. Because sometimes <laughs> I think Cardiel, I think somebody should remake this. Like, Cardiel's so amazing, and I did my best. Mm -hmm. And we filmed this. This is over the course of, a week. like, I flew to, he flew to SF. Literally spent one day with him, and then one day I got Julian and Phelps, maybe Mickey or some somebody, you know. And then I can't remember who all's in this supporting. You saw that it showed Danny Way. Danny yeah, Way was like over the phone. I just did my best. Killed it, bro. but part of me is like, oh, maybe somebody should. Enough times passed that are like a feature length Cardiel documentary could mm. would you ever want to do something yeah, I was about like to that? Say, Why don't yeah. you do that? Oh, man. I would do it. Yeah. But you know, I'm just sad. Somebody. The, I mean, you have I mean were you just getting people to were you just cold calling people or were you using yeah, I got so since I had Dill and so I guess it was Dustin sorry, Dustin, then Spanky, mm -hmm. maybe then Dill, Billy Rohan maybe Reynolds. I called him and I specifically, I'd never met John, but I called him. I was like, Hey, can I do an episode of my show? And he said that he's like, well, if you did one on Reynolds, it must be good. Like he, hadn't, <laughs> he hadn't even watched it. Amazing. He just referenced that Reynolds did it. So he'd do it. That's gotcha. what's so sick about skaters. Like they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. gauge on who did it to know yeah. like, Oh, okay. That sounds cool then. And I don't think he had to stamp early on. Yeah. I don't think he knew how, not that it was definitive, that but that we were coming over to make like an hour and a half long thing. Right. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, we just started rolling and got what we got, but Cardiel, Cardiel can sustain an hour and a half. Sure. Yeah. What, 
So you're the you said the editors you, you handed it off to an editor. Yeah. Did the editor skate at all? No. So I'm pretty impressed by like how the old footage you got and you gave them everything and they put it together pretty damn on editors point. are storytellers also, Definitely. right? Yeah, they work as that. like almost directors. And themselves. I had a team. There was a guy who a guy named Chris Grosso who had all the tape. He came to came in one time and just brought in all the VHSs. And so he became in charge of archival. Wow. You know, so I would go film and then I would hand it to them. He would look at all the archival, all the skate mags, all the videos. And then she would edit. And then I would be out on the road shooting. Accumulating. And yeah. obviously you'd get the final say on the edit, maybe make some changes here and there. But yeah. Yeah. But usually they did such a good job. It was just like, oh, damn. All right. You killed it. <laughs> Man, it must have been That's nice terrible. to have a team like that, like early on. And I mean, imagine if you had to do everything yourself, if you had to do the thing, edit it, get the archivals, like your once I, a week is, is I think no if I more. did it, I think if I did it myself, it, they would be way longer and maybe people, you know, sometimes you open a YouTube and it says like an hour and a half and you go, ah, yeah. <laughs> every time I see our show on there, I'm like, oh my God, three hours. <laughs> But yeah, I know what you're saying. I know, yeah. But back then, no. But now, yes, though. A three-hour Cardiel would just yeah. be. It would, yeah, it definitely would go. depends on who it is, for sure. Epically later started to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Obviously, they're starting to break them up into s sections. Like, I don't know how much they're paying you back then to to drop off an episode to them. But is at any point they're like, are you just kind of like, hey, I get, I need to get paid more. This is. This is, I'm your guys' best show. Yeah, my beef about money was just, I didn't need, the work was its own reward for the stuff I wanted to do. Like, I wasn't really nickel and diamond about a Cardiel episode. But sometimes somebody from like the business side would be like, hey, so we've been talking, I mean, I guess I can air it out. I don't know. But they'd be like, hey, we want to, I've been talking to Nike and they want to do one where Paul Rodriguez looks at the, the material that went into the shoe. Would you be interested in going down and talking with the designers about the shoe? And I was like, how much money do I get? Right. And they were like, what do you... You still get your same flat rate. You still get your rate. And I was like, if you guys are doing that, I want a piece. And there were a few episodes where I started... They were getting annoyed with me because I wouldn't do... Because I was like, why would, like, I'm passionate about a Cardiel or a Jason Dill or a Gino Iannucci. I'm like, this is what I want to be doing. Why would I take a break from that for the same money? To some, mm -hmm. Not that I have anything against P-Rod, but it was like the um, the shilling product side. Right. That I'd be like, eh. and there were, that happened a number of times. They'd be like, and I would always ask for a cut and they would just deny me you know, they're showing their cards it's like what do you like you know you know what they're doing so it's like hey, right that's why you're saying what you're saying it's like come on man and then yeah so that was the only financial beef is i just wanted to i mean you know what it is you'd almost you do it for free if it's what you love totally totally yeah so, I don't know. again i can't even stress how how amazing the epically laters were um and again they were just a fly on the wall type thing and mm -hmm. i think that's what drew drew people in because back then we didn't really get to see our favorite skaters in the light that you showed them no and i think that that is really like what made it special you know yeah, I think skaters, I tried to, I wanted at one point, I was I want to do this with musicians or something like this with artists. 
whoever actors people are so guarded and skaters aren't maybe some are now but i feel even back then they were guarded though they weren't doing as they weren't putting themselves out there i don't know but none of them seem to give a shit i would just show up with a camera drive around in the car and nobody seemed to be editing or worrying about it right 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 because they're they're in their space though but also in their comfort zone i also picked people though that i knew Mm. yeah that they would it would be good like you know dill is unfiltered you're gonna get you're gonna get some stuff (laughs) (laughs) no one's really doing that though at all if you really think about it who was really going around filming these pro skaters like behind not just skating just skating is different, but like behind the scenes. Because we're also talking no. about, two, this is 2007, this is when it started. Yeah, when it so. came out, I started thinking about, the the thing I was thinking about previous was on video, mm-hmm. was kind of doing, we had skate docs. Mm-hmm. So I felt like when we started, I was like in the on video shadow. Interesting, but they were more polished though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get points for it being janky. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think so. I, no, well, in the beginning, I think, I think so. But they were I, like super, yeah, it was definitely more polished of like, there's a narrator over it telling certain facts. There, that it was like, you were just showing facts, and the and the person who were interviewing was telling you everything. But also, your show became polished, though. Yeah. So the if we're skipping ahead, the ones on television, they did the Vice Viceland TV channel. The Michael, mm-hmm. Yeah, just we did eight, I think eight, mm-hmm. and it was a whole different thing. Right. And I mean, they had producers, producers, a team, sound people. And this was the first one was Barcelona, right? Bam, bam, yeah. Mm. And we had a team, and we had music. So all the epically later, it's almost there's almost no music in the entire thing. Like Cardiola has the bad shit song, or there's music here and there. Sure, but that's we, something you had to fight for. I did have to fight for it, and um, Spike Jones backed me up. I was like, because I thought the music was cheesy. Because sometimes skating, when you would watch X Games or something, they would really try to sell the uh, lifestyle, mm-hmm. like like rap and punk and but you know I don't know like sell it as this like ed- edgy thing. And I felt like let's take the skating serious, like let's treat it as like sports mm. and not as I don't know. Let's treat this like baseball or fine art or something. Let's. And I thought the music could could kind of be cheesy, corny, cornify it almost a little bit, yeah. Because <laughs> they had music in it, and then I went in, and they, I kept being like, "Oh, let's just not have music." Mm. And then Spike, a separate meeting, because suddenly I met with the editors, and they were like, "Hey, guess guess what? No music." And it turns out it's Spike, without me there, had said, "Yeah, no music on this." And, and did you even know Spike? No, I just well, I met at one meeting with him. <laughs> and I was it? scared. I went in the office, and Jesse, who was like my boss, brought Spike in to talk and I don't think I had a moment to like fan out or say I knew who he was or anything. Okay. I did. <laughs> as a skate nerd, I, I as honestly blown away, as blown away as you could be. Sure. As intimidated and excited to meet somebody. But he's such a little sweetheart. He dude. really like, is. Man. I just was sat there on the couch scared and, and then, <laughs> like, I, I don't remember the conversation. I just was, he's like, a blackout moment. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we all have, you know, I guess if I feel like he's exactly was exactly the kind of person I would look up to or his trajectory would be. I mean, not that it's even co- comparable or possible, but you just look at him as the, that's the person. Right. Like that's my number one person I looked up to in photog- in skate photography, 
I like the same music. All the the vi- music videos he dropped was like music I liked. Right. J- down to Sonic Youth or the Breeders or whatever. So anyway, I was just compl- completely almost horrified to meet him. Just <laughs> you know, starstruck. Sure, sure. And then the so he was the boss on the show, and he agreed that no music. He agreed no music, and then I probably didn't see him again, you know, for a long time. But he would be behind this. Whatever. How'd you that, find that uh, out? You found that out after the someone, fact? Someone just told me. They were like, oh, okay. oh, yeah, Spike came in and said, take the music off. Like, <laughs> Which is a breath of fresh air to you because you didn't even want the music. Yeah. So now you had this this verification from Spike Jones. Yeah. I think when you're editing, it's easier to have music and make mm. a little montage than it is to like string out a story. Right. Of, like with talking. You could kind of patch things up a little bit, cover it up, yes. add some little s- sprinkles. Yeah, you just put like a led zeppelin song and some skating and yeah whatever. like we could add a led zeppelin song to this and have us just <laughs> yeah. kind of like doing Make different moves right yeah. was there a different worth work ethic going into it when it was a bigger show yeah we so we went the, more pressure well one like you were saying i how i could have made up a pro they had to we had, i had to come up with a list of the skaters we were going to do and they really went over it oh yeah come like <laughs> Oh, we don't think this skater. We do think this skater, and so that was new. How are they? they how are they dictating that? Were they even skaters? Looking at Google numbers. And oh shit, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. I came in, but it was also because with the show, sometimes there are shorter episodes. A skater maybe would ha- you would have trouble making a fifty-minute episode. I think an hour's fifty. So I remember getting to the end of Bams and thinking, oh, his could be two hours. And then he's accomplished a lot. And then there's a couple that felt like we were stretching it to get to the moment. And then it was hard because I feel like right now I would do an episode on, say if I was like, I'm going to do one on Ocean Howl. It'd be sick, but it would probably be like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. Not, you know, I'm not trying to diss Ocean Howl, but I'm just saying there was sometimes there's more skaters that were amazing and had a moment. But I just remember feeling it was the the Harmony Corinne episode. Mm -hmm. I remember feeling like, oh, also because we couldn't get the rights to use Gummo. Like the, the oh the the scenes from the movie yeah we couldn't use scenes from the movie so then all of a sudden it started to get paint we couldn't figure out how to get it to fifty minutes whereas Bams yeah Bams could have gone longer yeah. Harmony's was it because he was younger also or is this was Who's he that? Harmony Corinne or was he older at that point I, I forget no it was how... just it was just because I I we just had the idea I just wanted to do like I was saying how I want to do episodes on different types of people like mm-hmm. say musicians and stuff I just thought it would be a fun ride. Especially how I looked up, look up to Spike for all the films he's made, and all sure. the, I look up to Harmony in the same way. Got you, yeah. okay. But it ended up being a, a stretch to get it to, and then it it became the season finale because we couldn't. We were fighting with whoever owns Gummo, and it ended up being the season finale. But um, they just probably wanted too much money, huh? I don't remember. It's like mm. you just want a clip for the movie. Gosh, I know. With, and then, oh, and I remember we shot all our music budget on spikes because we needed a Beastie Boys. We needed. Oh. Spike e- couldn't pull any strings right there? I mean, come on, <laughs> come on Maybe, Spike. Come on. Bro. I can't remember what music, but it was all the music videos he did. Right. So Which then we had a lot. Pay, we had to pay. Yeah. So that episode had, um, yeah, I don't know, Sonic Youth, the Beastie mm-hmm. Boys, the Breeders, and we just like dropped it all in, and that was the budget for the whole season. <laughs> I, I definitely want to go back to the older Epically Laters, if you don't mind. But since we're on the new stuff, too, um, when they 
when you, they got into the new stuff, are, did, you, did you get a pay raise? Are we talking more money now? Or are we talking like... Yeah, a little bit more. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't crazy. Gotcha. I remember they, they had in my contract that it said I got an extra $500 if I appeared on camera. Why? <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing <laughs> intros. Because I, I tried to weasel out a lot of the intro. Like the Cardiel, I don't do the intro. And there's a few Ali Bulalas, I don't do an intro. Because I felt real self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. It was good because it gave continuity to the show. For sure. But I did, I'm uncomfortable on camera. I'm like sweating right now. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> And I remember that $500 was enough for, I was like, all right, 500, 500 bucks. <laughs> Let for, me set the camera I'm up. buckling Here for that. Here we go. <laughs> intro. That's funny, man. So did you also, I heard that you also had a stipulation in the contract where they couldn't fire you from your own show. Oh, it was just, when the show started, since it was named after my blog. Right. I hired an entertainment lawyer to write me up a contract that said that, because I was worried about the name. If we had called it Skateboard Showcase or whatever, I wouldn't have cared. Right. Not that it, I was planning to do anything with it, but um, but this is... I, just, I like that, though. I That's just was great. thinking... So I had an entertainment lawyer do the contract, and then they just said, sure, like, he wants... The, so it was that I... It was that they couldn't do a show called Epically Latered without me. Got you. So it was kind of funny because I felt like it a few times, like, say, when I wouldn't do the materials in the Nike shoe episode, they were... Their hands were tied. Well, they were, yeah, they probably would have fired me because there were some other shows that I think the, the original creators got pushed out so they could do, uh, like, Toyota so Presents. Uh, so you've heard of this happening in the past, so you're just like, you know what, I'm going to get ahead of this. He protected in himself. In case that's it great. does happen. No, right. that's and, great. And then it was funny because I, I'm making a book about my blog, and we were going to call it Epically Latered, and I wasn't sure whether oh. I was allowed to. And then I went, and in my, somehow on my computer, I finally found the contract. And one of the carve outs was a book in the contract. And I was like, oh, that's, that was smart. I'm already good. I'm already good. <laughs> wow. like, so, I did, like I could make t-shirts and I think it was merch and which I'm never going to make merch t-shirt a book. book. So you can't, I can make a book. So yeah, right, yeah, it's going to be called Epically Latered because I, but we can't make a new series called Epically Latered. I couldn't, I don't think, I mean, maybe that they're bankrupt, I could. Like, if Thrasher was, like, too epically later, maybe I could, but yeah, I, if, I if, haven't. Because if, 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 if uh, Vice is going bankrupt, I mean, if they're selling to somebody else, then that, I could see that as a problem. But that, if they're just... They're, that might be, yeah, you're open, for sure. I mean, I don't know, guaranteed, but I think that there is something there that, like... I wonder, you should probably, like, yeah, move on if you like want to Like, if I did that. a podcast called Epically Later, would they come after me? I, I think you'd be fine. I think, I think I mean, so. Why? Well, we know Spike, right? We call Spike. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So you sold it to them? No, no, no. I'm just saying we signed contract that I think kind of married ourselves to oh, each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So they they couldn't steal it from me, but I probably couldn't take it from them. I said you have to look in the fine print to see if that's. <clears throat> yeah, the case. I can't. I can't read a contract. I just hired, <laughs> hired a guy. Hire somebody to do it. To do it yeah. yeah. Well, let's contact that same guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's just, listen. I remember, I think I had to pay something. It came out, you know, with the lawyers. It came out to like five Gs or something. And in 2007 money, which wow. is like a million dollars yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, and totally. And I had to, I remember thinking like a first couple episodes, like, oh, I'm still paying off that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm paying off the lawyer. So since it went bankrupt, I mean, they're shutting their doors. Essentially, I don't know the full story behind what's going on over there, but... You recently had posted on your Instagram that they have all the tapes. Mm. Yeah, I got... 
I know. I'm just saying, like, how do you personally feel about all this? Like, this well, is I was your... happy they had the tapes because I wasn't planning to do anything with them necessarily. Okay. I don't want to like. There's I mean, probably so much footage on those tapes there is. that never saw the light of day. And oh, one gosh. of the the things is, I didn't think about it at the time. I mean, so many people have like passed away. True. So it's, you know, a five hour Dylan interview of like two days with Jake Phelps mm-hmm. in the car, you know, where we used a little bit of it, but like, Oh, there's probably so much good stuff. Yeah. And I just didn't want it. So, Oh, I did. The, I did an interview with Jenkum and was like, yeah, I don't know where the tapes are. And then I, I was motivated to email vice, somebody at vice and be like, Hey, do you have the tapes? So they and had they, the tapes. They, they have had all, they had, they had the pictures, all the tapes. Yep. Yep. Cause later I started shooting digital files. Mm. So that those tapes are a certain era where it was on tape mm. later it became like memory cards which i'm sure are archived as well but i remember zooming in on the picture and part of me is like can you fedex the tapes to me but i only want them just so that they're safe not necessarily to like well, but listen if the if the I, this is just me talking out loud, but I mean, if the opportunity arises to get those tapes and like you said, like Dylan Reader footage, like Jake Phelps stuff, like even probably like Antoine and Baker stuff, like that's history, man. That's yeah. skateboarding history, dude. That, I had like a, you I could had, put something together. I had a dream at, the, at a, a point of re-editing them all chronologically so that it would be. So, so all the episodes are edited by person, zoomed in on a person. I was like, what if we re-edited them? chronologically through like a history of skating and not just like them intertwined. Oh wow. Right. But, but then when I look at the tapes, some of it's embarrassing. I, I get real self-conscious about some of the old tapes and I had an experience. So I don't rewatch them. Like uh-huh. we put them out and I'm really excited <laughs> by them. I remember I'd watch them like six times, like not just in the edit, but when they finally dropped, I'd watch them over and over and over. And then once they were a couple days old, I never look at them again. Mm-hmm. And I was at Ali Bilala. When we filmed Ali Bilala, he said, oh, he said his favorite skater is Mike Carroll. So he's like, oh, Mike Carroll's my favorite skater. Let's watch the Mike Carroll epically later. And he put it on and he put it on this huge flat screen. And I was like, like it was filmed so (laughs) shitty. It sucked. Like, I, I don't know. I had to go into the other room and it was like getting really almost like upset watching it. Because in my memory, it's an amazing episode, and I crushed it and did a good job. But when I am faced with the reality, <laughs> yeah, but that's your critic. Yeah, 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 yeah bro. That's mm. it's like a shining looking moment. at his old shit. Like, ah, I could have done better. Could have filmed a better part. Yeah. That part wasn't done yet. Yeah. You know. Was there any episodes that never came out? There was a few kind of false start episodes. Yeah. You know, where we like tried and. Trying to think of some examples. Just didn't go anywhere. Because you did, you would do it on like certain teams, but also obviously people. Mm-hmm. So which one was there? Certain teams that didn't make the cut? Not make the cut, but you just never ended up making the whole episode. Or there was a couple. Yeah, I don't know. Usually, I would start to try to vet it before we started because mm-hmm. I made the mistake of shooting and then finding out that the person had these boundaries that would make it weird oh. or, or things they didn't want to talk about or things. So I would kind of, sometimes if, if an idea for an episode came out, I would kind of um, talk to him first and make sure we were on the same page right. before starting to work on it. Yeah. But what, what was there anyone specifically, was there any team or anyone specifically that didn't end up going through? Yeah. For that season, we, I wanted to do a Grayson Fletcher episode and we filmed with him for a day or two. Yeah. 
because I thought his family and his history and not just skating, but surfing and his, I guess his grandfather. And they, I mean, they, some of them skated the first backyard pools wow, ever. Yeah. And then it just didn't work out. Um, yeah. And there were a couple where we we would, I mean, there's tons where you like ask people and they say no. Which is astonishing, right? Because like you would think that epically later, everybody would want to participate, you know? Some people don't yeah. want to talk about themselves. They tell their story. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, you know? we just touched on just people not wanting to touch on certain aspects, you know? And that's, we, we experience that here, you know, which is, I feel the pain. It's, it's very frustrating. Do people go, okay, these are the questions you're not allowed to ask? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I had yeah. that. There was a pro skater. I don't want to say their name because then I'd be airing the exact same thing. I get you. But there was a skater that I think is like a fascinating, interesting pro skater, former mm -hmm. pro skater. And he wanted to do an episode. So I met up with him somewhere and was like, hey, so do you want to talk about how you became a drug addict and like went to jail and like all the shit? And they were like, no, like I don't want to talk about that. So then I was thinking from a storytelling how do I explain why you're not a pro skater anymore? And how do you explain to the audience that you just skipped over this huge part of their life? Right. Cause true. So I just thought, okay, I'm not interested. Yeah. I didn't, I don't even think I said it. Maybe I just ghosted them. I was <laughs> like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. And so when say for instance, Ali Bulala DM'd me about his episode. I mean, that was, I had to be like, are you going to talk about, Shane Cross and right. almost dying and him dying. Je and he was like, yes. So I was like, all right, we'll yeah. do it. Yeah, I understand. Because we kind of go through the same thing here. Some things aren't as big a deal as like that. You know, you're just like, oh, you don't want to talk about that? Really? Like, okay, whatever. And then you hear about it in the comments. Like, they didn't ask about. But some things are huge. <laughs> where you're like, really? Do you if you don't talk about that, we can't. There's wh What are we doing here? Yeah. Especially if it's like a major part that, you know, that people are almost expecting you to talk 100%. about. 100%. You know? Yeah. I think that's when it gets a little like. It's yeah. just, it's tough because sometimes people expect things. Yeah. I remember a couple where people expect things that I felt were too inside baseball. They'd be like, why does he talk about why he doesn't skate for thunder trucks anymore? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, does anyone, oh, God. you know, things like that's that. Not that's cares. not what this is about, bro. <laughs> yeah. You don't skate for. Uh, did you show it pack company every episode of the person oh, did you show it to him no never showed it to him beforehand we Ooh. tried to avoid it but did you have anyone being like yeah we had some people that would demand to see it and mm -hmm. we tried to swerve it as best we could yeah was there anyone that wasn't happy with their episode yeah i had people mad at me really really wow. number of people but that but they're they're on how much can you tell without them i mean are you how why i've just had people that i feel like watched it and maybe there was a backlash or maybe they didn't like how and then blamed me that mm. maybe i cut it to make them look bad which i don't i, I would always, say i would say i didn't do that right but plus you weren't editing right i wasn't editing but <laughs> i'm just saying but at the end of the day, it's his show. He's in control. No, right? I, I totally get that. But, but I just think people. There were so, times where maybe, maybe it's putting a mirror up to somebody. That's my opinion that they didn't like what they saw. Right. But I've had definitely had people mad at me. I've heard, and I've, I've had people that were referenced. So somebody would talk about that person, and then that person would be mad. I mean, that's how the mm. um, the Josh Kalis episode happened. And I don't, so? I don't feel so. Some of the episodes, I don't, I don't want to say what people are mad about or gotcha, yeah. what people didn't want to talk about because then I'm just 
airing it now. Patrick, that's why you're here, man. <laughs> we got to talk about Air it. Now. But the Dill one was that Dill. Now I'm confused about the the, the metaphor. The, yeah, the upriver down upriver up downriver. Yeah, or yeah. And he referred to yeah the alien workshop team and said some of us are upriver, some of us are downriver. That's what it was. Yeah. Which I don't know what that means, mm. but <laughs> Josh Kalis did not like what Dill said. Got you. So then Kayla's DM'd me mad. And I was like, well, do you want to do, <laughs> do you want to do an episode? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, that, and so then I got a Kayla's episode. Well, I think it's funny because like we've, we've kind of gotten that a little bit where somebody says something and they, they hit up. We're like, well, they, they said it. What are you talking about? Right. What yeah. are we, Why are you know? mad at us? Yeah. yeah. But so we, yeah. But at the, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got a Josh Kalis. Yeah, someone was mad once because I was just giggling next to the person, saying uh, mean stuff. And they're right. You know, it was somebody talking trash, and I'm just sitting next to him like, hee Oh. <laughs> do you have a favorite episode? I mean, that's... T- yeah. So- you do? Well, no, 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 not a number one. Okay. But like, I have maybe a five or, or Top something. five? But usually my favorites are the ones where I really like the person, and I also feel like, I don't know if they're underrated, but, you know, when I put out, like, say, uh, Eric Costin, he's already highly rated. People already really like him that I didn't. F- I mean, I like the episode, but I didn't feel like I was um, sort of championing somebody that didn't get like a, a fair shake. OK. And I felt like when I did. I remember when I did Eric Dressen's. I would tell people, like, what are you working on? Eric Dressen. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't getting the. Mm, he's a legend. Yeah, right, to yeah. us. But I just felt like, and it, so I'm not saying I did anything for his career or anything, but I just mean when I put it out, I was proud to sort of give him a voice yes. or yeah. show this guy that I'm really stoked on that maybe people forgot. Like, mm. people didn't realize, like, he's pro in 77. He was skating in, like, banana board era. Pro, pro, mm-hmm. then ripping in '80s era, doing like air walks off launchers, then killing it in street. Like we have footage all possible over hydrant or, and then even now, still relevant. Like we're filming and he's skating, doing shit, yeah. tattooing people, Amazing. like people are stuff. So it got to the end, and I was like, I'm doing a real valuable service to skating to remind everyone how sick Eric Dressen is. Definitely percent. And I felt that way with the Alyssa Steamer. Nice. Not that people forgot. I don't know. Well, to us, we didn't forget about her, but it was like, I, at the end, I just felt like happy. I was like, well, yeah. she was yeah. huge part of the the women's movement in skating. You know, big time. So, so yeah. Dressen, Alyssa, Ali Bulala, I was really mm-hmm. happy about because I Ali Bulala was somebody I would have put on the. I just loved Ali Balala. Like right. as a pro, as a person, he was like a skate deity or something. You see him. I remember just seeing him at the airport or something before I knew him and be like, oh my God, it's Ali. And then <laughs> yeah. when I became friends with him, I was like almost like starstruck by him, even though he's probably younger than me. Right. I was still like starstruck by Ali. Mm-hmm. He has and a then, presence though, real talk. He did, yeah. And then when, you know, when he accidentally killed somebody, right. I mean, that's fucking horrible. And that's like ruined his life. Of course, you know, and um, I felt like telling his story. Yeah, just because I knew what he was going through, that he got sober and he lives with it every day and he, he suffers. And I just felt like, not that you're telling his side, but 
Some people did tell me. Actually, some people I did talk to said they felt like fuck Ali Bilala. Right. Like fuck that guy. And I, w- I would also think about how on skate tours, we'd go on skate tours, and there were so many times where people could die. You know, where you're just on a trip, people are fucking around with whatever, like things like that. Sure, Drinking sure. and driving or bullshit or like thrill-seeking or whatever. And then that's one where someone did die. Mm. And I just knew how much Ali like suffered. And, and I just felt like I want to help. Or I don't know. I just want to tell that story. Right. And... um so anyway, I was, and that was a heavy just, thing that the industry went through by losing right. Shane. No. Yeah, I think about when when I first started skating. I don't think there were any dead pro skaters. I mm. think Jeff Phillips was the first pro mm-hmm. I ever heard of that died. Right, and you know when you get into other sports, everyone's gone. Sure, and skateboarding. I don't think. It, it, it's Were you nervous? We, now we lose someone once a week. Well, it's such yeah. a small community mm-hmm. too. Yeah. That's the thing. It's as like, the injury, as the industry like grows and the rich history that it has, yes, we're going to start seeing that a lot more. Were it, you nervous going into this this episode? Like how it'd be represented and how people will talk about it and how to go about interviewing someone like this? Do I you, don't know. Yeah. I was excited to go to Stockholm. There's a part of me that would like the vacation aspect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. my friend Kai, my friend Kai filmed it. And we stayed at Ali's house. He had a um, house with an extra bedroom, like a two-bedroom house. And my friend Kai stayed on his couch, and I got the extra bedroom. And we were in Stockholm for like a week and a half. And I was excited about that aspect of it. Um, and then we just slowly filmed. A lot of them, I, like say Cardiels, I had like two hour, you know, a couple hours with them, and we filmed it. With Ali, since we were at his house for a week and a half, I knew I could do an interview a day and save the heavy stuff for the end mm-hmm. and um maybe talk it through like hey today maybe we should do this or do that i mean are you having a storyboard lined up in your head yeah, of how all this stuff I, goes i don't know if i often physically like write out the story but i have it like <coughs> kind of mapped out what i want and it, a lot of it unfortunately in some ways is like a little formulaic at some point mm. like okay talk about how you first got skating shop sure. sponsor video part pros you met then, you know. But you know, you have the luxury of editing all that stuff out and just getting to the juicy stuff as well. So with Ali, we just, you know, just film stuff every day. Yeah. And then, and then tried to go skating with him and um, he can't really skate. I think there's a, so I don't remember, like I said, I don't rewatch them, mm-hmm. but I think we go skate, we go skate this like skate park with like a ditch in Stockholm. It's a really sick park. It's like a downhill ditch you can like carve down and i think we tried to film him do a kickflip and i don't think he could do it oh does he i don't know i'm not really sure <laughs> I, sh- I should have prepared and watched my own <laughs> shit but i feel like we go oh, try to right here. we yeah. try to go kickflip and he can't do it because he he got messed up in the accident as well yeah and he's let's see if he lands it he can't really yeah i don't know I mean, but I don't, this, some people were talking about how sad this was. Mm-hmm. And to me, I didn't really think this was sad because I don't, not that I don't give a shit, but like his skateboard ability is like not that important to me mm-hmm. as far as like his mental health. And, you know, when he got in the accident, I feel like, I mean, I don't know how to put this politely, but I don't think like he had really bad short-term memory. Like we kept going to lunch and he couldn't remember that we already went to the, like he'd be, he, each time we went, he would tell us about the place. 
and he had great long-term memory, but I just think the, um, the accident is still, I mean, being in a coma for six months, that's like permanent oh, man. damage. Right. And so I feel like he's living a happy life. Like he's got a girlfriend. He's, it was great hanging out with him, but you know, mm-hmm. he, there's, he still like suffers from it. How long after the accident did you do this? Probably 10 years. 10 years. Probably. Okay. Wow. So even 10 years later. Wow. It's heavy stuff, man. It's heavy stuff. Um, so there's Ali Bulala one. Is there anyone else? The one, uh, one that always sticks out in my mind is like the, the, the Baker one, the Antoine Dixon stuff mm-hmm. like that. The, mm-hmm. Those episodes are, are great. You know, you're yeah. smiling. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Antoine's was, was, was hard to like, he, he was like Gigi Allen or something. Yeah. Like really tough to be around. Right. Cause he was just so like wild. Like when we were filming, we filmed him at the, the Phoenix am or Phoenix contest, some mm-hmm. Phoenix event. And I remember we were leaving. And as I was in the car driving, cop cars kept going the other way. cops were coming to trying to get us. And so I'm on the highway driving. I have like a migraine. I can't. And people are texting me like, hey, we switched hotels. Don't bring Antoine to the new hotel. Because he smashed a, he did something. And oh. they were like, don't, don't come to the new hotel. Gotcha. Like we got new rooms. We've all been kicked out. Come to the new hotel. And I had to ditch him. Wow. Because oh. I was like, well, I got to go back to my, to my new hotel room. I mean, he was just wiling out. He was just wiling out. And then it was funny that the interview by the pool, that was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that was like the sober interview. Right. That was like, <laughs> I mean, at this point in time, he is a mega star in the skate industry, you know? Yeah. Mega. People love Antoine. I mean, I love this. And it was funny how polarizing the episode was because I feel like some people, you know, were, I don't know, like bummed on him or mm. maybe he was starting to have like some repercussions. Hmm. But yeah. other people looked at this as like, like this is like a cult hero. Sure. Because everyone, I mean, you know, you want to live your life with no rules, right? I mean, I would, I couldn't. But, you know, he's not paying taxes or parking tickets or <laughs> yeah. a PG&E bill. Like, <laughs> he's just... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like freedom in some way. Sure, sure. But you're always going to get the two sides of the coin with, with anything you do, right? It's like people are going to say this or they're going to say that. And Antoine, how's he doing now? Are we? He's killing he it, is, dude. Right? It seems like he's big chilling, bro. Like yeah. I've seen a lot of... It just seems like he's skating every day and it seems like he's happy. So that's great. So he was somebody that was like mad at me. Like yeah. He came out and he was mad at me. And I was scared because he said someone was going to punch me or something. So I was <laughs> right, like right. scared. But then he, I've talked, well, I think I've DM'd with him a little bit. See, I don't have a show right now. But yeah. He was like, maybe we'll film another one. And I was like, that would be amazing. Sure. I don't have a show, but <laughs> if I did, I would yeah. do it. <laughs> no, it looks like he's doing great. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm Skating's awesome. It. it looks like he's on point and healthy as hell. Skateboarding yeah. loves to see it. That's for, for sure. sure. I think for sobriety sure. is definitely helping him. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen, well, like what I mean, skaters this, came guy. out with the the, the same mean, impact. Like when he was in that fir- that first Baker video that he was in, mm-hmm. it was a little bit like Tom Penny or somebody where someone's ahead. Yeah. I thought like I remember people going to the premiere and people were screaming at the mm-hmm. screen. Yeah. Well, here's this dude, very nonchalant, shoulders down, arms dead, just so relaxed, but mm-hmm. just 
hardest tricks hardest yeah. tricks and just he looked great on his board you're right it was kind of a tom penny-esque like moment for sure it's only like yeah sorry go ahead i was just saying like yeah where someone comes out and tom penny where also you left wanting more there was like yes totally, yeah. a part with six tricks and then he'll send it to the next guy and you're like what and that, <laughs> that doesn't even happen that often i mean gino ianucci you know there's certain people that, i thought guy mariano was like that not, definitely got it for sure. not like guy mariano banned this but mm -hmm. guy mariano, what was the video where maybe he did like a switch 360 flip or something and he had like three tricks and it was like a blind video a blind video where he did a no slide down the, the with that little blind section no, no that was uh tim and henry's yeah, tim and henry's yeah. you just go like uh, pack of lies you just go like yeah. give me more give of that more. dude yeah. right for well, sure like, you know you like PJ Ladd comes out, everyone goes nuts. Mike Moe comes out, everyone goes nuts. Sure. Brian Winning, those type, only a handful of guys. they have that like Tom Penny-esque vibe though. Everybody goes no, nuts. No, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that. They definitely have style that sticks out and the tricks are next level. But I mean, I mean like- Instant legends, yeah. Like those are those guys that come out that just go from zero to next level. Mm -hmm. And he was definitely one of them. This, yeah. Yeah. this is yeah. a- yeah, This is <laughs> best shit ever, bro. Right, Mariano. Look at this. To me, it was very relatable that, because he was like my age. Yeah, that was the thing. I I got banned. This is one of my first skate videos. Right, and I remember he was my age, and I I had the illusion of that I could like catch up. I was like, oh, <laughs> I think we all okay. <laughs> He's like thirteen. I'm thirteen, or maybe he was like a year older than me. And I was like, okay, maybe by the and he you know his part is like board slide a double side curb or do something you know and you're like. I'm going to catch up. I'm going to be a pro skater. I'm going to catch up to Guy Mariano. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's filmed all that stuff like a year ago. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and it's like one day with Stacy Peralta with like yeah. a 16 millimeter mm -hmm. from a year and a half ago. Yeah. I did not catch up to Guy. Unfortunately, I don't think any of us did. <laughs> yeah, this know? is what I was thinking of. The band this. Like, oh, I could do a portside fakie. I'm as good as Guy. I'm as good as Guy. <laughs> right, right. And then the next part comes out. You're like, oh, I you're didn't. like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Were you. Sponsored? Were you, when you first started skating, were you like, yeah, you were trying to be a pro skater and, and did that, how long did that last before oh, you got in? In my head, I was trying to be a pro skater. Yeah. Like in my. In your dreams. In my dreams. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a pro skater. But like. The so, reality of, I wasn't even as good as like my friends. Yeah. We're, we're, so you had a group of friends and how did photography come into like. Did you end up shooting your friends as a kid? Yeah, I think I, I liked photography anyway as like an interest. Yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, like some filmers will be like, oh, I can't skate, I'll film. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, I think I was interested in it anyway outside of it. It was like a separate hobby of mine. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I daydreamed about being a pro. Like I'm sure I'm like I think every skin. single person does. I still does do almost. that. Like, yeah. you, know, like, you could these days. There's look at Bale Gun Gary and uh, no Ira. <laughs> They're turning pro. I think in my imagination, like when I go skate, in my imagination, I pretend it's 1984 and I'm like ripping. <laughs> like oh, he kick flipped. He's amazing. <laughs> Tail slide on a red curb cover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing about your show, I think that I that I I mean that we all could take away from it epically latered was it gave us insight into into that person you know i think a lot of the times when i was growing up all all i had was print magazines just i could read the the interview right but it was then now you're giving that person that voice and that that expression when they're telling the story and that's why i love like the nine club and you could either listen to it or you could see the person telling and see the emotion that's coming out of their their face you know and i think that's 
one thing that your show did, you yep, know, is brought that too. brought that skater to life, you know. So that's I think that's why everybody loved it, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, thank not, you for doing that, honestly. That was really big for skateboarding. Totally. Yeah. We're not just gassing you up. Yeah, either. but like, just know <laughs> that you're, contrib- you're contributing to skateboarding. That's really, this is true. Really, you, we all are grateful for it. So. And did you feel that way? I mean, when you're in the thick of it, maybe you don't see it, right? Until maybe later you could look back and be like, damn, I really did something nice there. Good for skating, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Outside, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it, it takes a little bit of a, because I remember at first I would go on like slap message boards and read what they were saying about me. Okay. It's like, this dude's a fucking hipster douchebag. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, whatever. And I would get like bummed. Sure. And I would start thinking about it. I'd go home and I would be like, oh, this guy thinks I suck. That's right. the absolutely worst place that you should go to look at anything about yourself. <laughs> and I remember, yeah. I remember I went to the Brooklyn Banks and I met these kids. So I pictured the, a slap message board hater as like a really smart college mm. professor that was really <laughs> fucking tweed coat. And I went to the banks and these kids came up and like, I'm on slap. And they were like kids. Right. And then they was talking to them and then they posted later and I was like, oh, this is just chatter. I mean, it's not, it's good. It's there because I like it. Mm-hmm. But I think for my like sanity, I had to learn like, oh, don't, you know, don't really like dive in because yeah. you can see a bunch of shit you don't like. And Especially I, when you're delivering episodes frequently, you're on there a lot. So I stopped. So I got kind of, I remember, I remember I, I talked to Spanky about it. And he was like, oh, you should look me up. <laughs> and everyone was like wrecking him. And then there was someone else I liked and everyone was wrecking. And I was like, well, I like Spanky. Like, yeah. He's fucking cool. He's like killing it. He's, you know, like I really admire and like him. And he's a, like a, a great, kind person, funny. Mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. all good qualities. Totally. And then people are like wrecking him on the internet that it made me th- and he just said that because he wasn't also Googling himself. And I just, I remember that was like an epiphany. Like, oh, I don't, I don't know. They don't like Spanky either. What's so the point? Yeah. Everybody gets wrecked, bro. Everybody. Yeah. So then I, and, then I, and then it was funny because I, I deal with, I meet people and I remember their first, they would tell you like, oh man, everyone in the comments is wrecking me. And it would almost, at some point I got so immune to it that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's your first time getting wrecked on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's cute. Welcome. <laughs> but it is true though. I mean, I, throughout the whole of my career, you'd, you know, some, you'd come out with a something and then you'd go on slap. And to me, it was funny because, you know, it's, it's, it's banter, it's chatter, you know, it's just whatever. It doesn't mean anything. But then once we start this show and we're on every week and then every week we're on there, I'm like, okay, it's a little too much. I can't. And listen, some of them, some of it's positive, some, uh, some of it's negative, but you just, after a while, you're like, I can't. Like, also, this it can is, be, it can be 10 nice things and then one mean thing that gets you and you're yeah. like, and listen, we got the YouTube comments for that, so I don't even need to go over Oh, there, I never right? I never looked at YouTube comments. Well, that was, fun. I remember also Thrasher was really harsh, and I never mm. looked at Thrasher. Mm. And then... Um, what, like a Thrasher YouTube? What do Thrasher you used to have a forum also. Oh, wow, okay. And I would like dive in, and yeah. it's like, don't come back here. Slaps. Stuck. And it's not because I'm not saying that people's comments aren't valid or whatever. I just meant for my own. Mm. Plus also, you want to be able to like work all day and then turn the work off. Right. right, and you don't want to be sitting there at two in the morning, like dwelling on reading them. comments. Yeah. yeah, fucking Brooklyn ballers said that <laughs> shit about me. I think, yeah, it's funny how slap still exists on that level. Where like, 
Yeah, Thrasher's still there, but there's not one on Thrasher. Thrasher doesn't want to deal with all that crazy shit, even though it's a part of Thrasher still, right? Slap? Yeah. I just find it funny. that It's, it's just there just for that forum. It's an interesting place. Let's just yeah. put, put it that way. Definitely. I like it, though. So what I remember was I remember doing like a, like a Brandon Westgate episode, who I think is fucking sick. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing for anyone to fight about. And then you would do, say, Papalardo or, or somebody and everyone tick sides and get in a fight. Or, um, yeah, Jason Dill, Josh Kalis. Sure, sure. Or something. And then you've sparked a fight. And I guess that's engagement. And sometimes you end up like playing the engagement game a little bit. You're like, oh, Brandon Westgate. Everyone's just like, cool episode. Move on. Sure. If you can like spark an argument. <laughs> You yeah. suddenly, because I remember, I think it was Papalardo, but someone, someone was giving me the, the views. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Papalardo's is like the number one episode out of all of them. <laughs> you know, and, I, and it was just because there was something, I don't remember what it was, but there was something that people could get in a fight over in it. Can you refresh my memory really quickly? So it, it, Epically Later was on VBS to begin with, right? It was their own player, right? Did the, did the VBS have comment section in there or no? I don't remember I, it. Do I, I don't think remember it did, it. but I didn't. I don't remember. Okay, it. then did it ever move over to YouTube as you were actually doing the show, or did it stay on their their I think vice it was on players? Their player, and that's why episodes. Mm, okay, a lot are lost, or, or well, I've actually found them, but um, they're hard to find. No, no, I mean I found them. Like I have digital files of them, but they're not online anymore because I think of the migration of like VBS TV to Viceland. YouTube and some of them have been trimmed which probably isn't a bad thing but I think some of them are a lot shorter than they initially were aired Mm. and those initial edits are gone and then there are like episodes that aren't up because they never I can't remember who's I don't like again I don't watch them really but I think like Arto's is missing or maybe Mike Carroll's is missing some of them have like certain parts and not others and some of them are um on monetized YouTube channels that aren't Vice, which I'm I'm happy to that they're up because I don't, what do I care? But um, I mean, not what do I care? I'm happy that people can people watch, can watch them. them, right? But I think I went, I needed some for like a portfolio or, or for some reason. Mm. And I, I went and fished for Ali Bilala's and it's like on someone's Vimeo. Okay. And same with Cardiel's. It's like on. $18.99, you can buy it right now. Damn. Well, that's that's for the Vice stuff. By season one. Oh yeah, I bought this myself. <laughs> Did you bought your own show? I bought my own show. I love it. Well, so on my iPad, I can. I don't watch them, but I just was like, oh, I need to save them. So now I have the files. I have some of the files, mm-hmm. and when I talk to Vice, they have them archived. But I don't necessarily need. I'm just glad they're safe. But don't you want like? Listen, this is. This is monumental in skating. It's your life's work, so to speak. You know, you're not whatever, but you know, it's 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 huge. A portion, right? Don't you want this stuff like on your own, like a place where people can go and watch the whole? Because look, we go over here by season one, eight episodes. You're like, okay, that's that's Vice season one. There's years of this before the VBS stuff, right? Yeah, I think I would appreciate if everything was uploaded in its original edit. Or if they were broken up, let's put it all together in one I would be, appre- and I think when I was messaging with somebody there, 
but obviously they're going through their issues. So totally. I don't know if that's anyone's like top priority to worry about the Billy Rohan episode and <laughs> making sure it's like perfect <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> what about say they give it up? Say they're like, hey, we're going through our stuff. Here's all your stuff. Here's your files. Here's everything. You own it now. I would probably put them on a YouTube okay. in order. Gotcha. And make it look nice. Pivotal. But then it was like, how many people would actually watch them? Dude, I mean, they're putting up stuff, re you know, as of recently. And it's getting like a million views. Yeah, the ones from television were, re Muska, the other. were put on YouTube. And because the originals were paywalled, so many people thought they were new because they didn't, you know, watch yeah. them. Mm. So I don't know how many, but someone, my friend was sending me like, wow, this one has like two million, yeah. two million views yeah. or something. People do think they're new because they, they, they don't state it in the description. They just say like, oh, here's a new, or here's the episode. I noticed they put some sort of um, clickbaity headlines, uh, titles occasionally. Sure, sure. It helps. <laughs> Did you, let's, let's talk about this really quickly because when... Vice, I mean, excuse me, epically later, pretty much stopped in 2017. Is that about right? Yeah, I don't know. It stopped when that the television channel that was, I'm Vice sorry, Island. the episodes that were for television were the last eight. That was it. And then I talked to him a little bit about season two, mm -hmm. and someone was like, make a list of who you would do. And then I think I talked to someone online because I was like, I would be happy to go back to just doing them on the web. Sure. And doing like, this one's on Javante Turner. This one's on Ocean Howe. As of doing and, them yourself. And like chilling them out a little bit, like not making them so overproduced, like just going back to how they were. Mm -hmm. But it's also tough because, I mean, you know, there's podcasts and there's, and it's also, we, we tried really hard to make it like a story, but sometimes people just want the information and, and there's more, we had a, a lucky run where we were, the only thing right and so sometimes it's like there if it came out now there's so much other stuff and there's so many other things like it true that maybe not being the only game in town might make it hard i could see that i no, could see that if you got a good product i think it it, it, it would be relevant this is true there's too on, there's thing, there's other shows and there's other stuff like, right and when we were doing it we were the only i remember thinking like this is the only like f like putting fucktards under cardiel talking was like we're the only people that got to do that sure but now i don't anybody, anybody with a youtube channel could do that mm -hmm. interesting i hope that I don't know. As a viewer and a fan, I hope that something more can come out of this, like bankruptcy and whatever goes on with Vice and everything. Because I do know that, like we talked about here, you have so much archival footage mm -hmm. of you know people who have passed. And I hope that something definitely comes out of this. And maybe you'd want to do something extra for people. Maybe start your own YouTube channel. And or one thing I thought, I was like, what if I just took the Dylan Rader episode mm -hmm. interview yeah. and just like... Uploaded it. <laughs> Just like, here's a two-hour interview wow. of this kid talking. It would go nuts. Yeah. Not, absolutely and it nuts. wasn't because I want to, like, profit off it, but just to, like, all his, like, friends and family and people can watch it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It could be... I'd watch it. What was it? Like, was it just a freestyle, like, this interview? Yeah, I just remember I went to his house and just interviewed him. And I mean, we didn't use much of it because... I mean, not... 
this. Oh, this is just him in the skate park. I remember skating. while we were filming, I did a backside disaster on that and it hung up and it <laughs> no, fell no. really fucking hard. I think it was steep, dude. Where I felt yeah. like I like, cracked a rib <laughs> mm. and was like kind of embarrassed. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, damn, I just slammed so hard. But yeah, I don't know, man. And then I think we were filming and another time and then I remember Guy Mariano and Cutter were sitting there and I did a, like a, have you ever seen where people, kind of a Chad Vought move where you do like a fakey rock and then you bring your truck to the coping? Sure. Oh, and yeah. I did that. I did that trick and came down and I saw Guy and Cutter laughing and they were like, did you have a mini ramp growing up? And I was like, yeah, how'd you know? And then they were like, <laughs> and I was like, dude. Because <laughs> you did that trick. Yeah. I was like, getting, I was like, damn, they're fucking clowning me. This is stuff they're you're talking jealous. about at his house. I was talking about this interview. Right, right, right. But, you know, it's like, I mean, I only think of it as because he's gone, you know? 100%, right. And there's a lot of those. There's right. like... Well, now that we've said it here, you're going to be getting all... You're gonna, people are going to be asking a lot. Have you started about... Have he, you was thought a, about he was a special kid, mm-hmm. you know? That's, that's... Yeah. Have you thought about doing kind of the same thing, but just do it, make a different name for it? Yeah, maybe. I, I had ideas. I mean, it's like I have ideas, mm. But, well, that's um, kind of what I was asking, right? Or not? Or just I was. I'm saying I'm just. I hope something good can come out of all this stuff. And when I say good come out of it, I mean like Vice being out and all this stuff, and maybe getting your tapes back. I mean, who knows, right? It's just a fan hoping. I remember I had one opportunity that I blew. Well, I didn't blew. Everything happens for a reason, I guess. But Tony Vitello was like, "Hey, we want you to do." And it was like a Jake Phelps documentary or a thra- history of Thrasher for oh, wow. Thrasher, but it was right when I did the television season. It was right as it was launching, and I was just like, I can't. Like, uh, I'm doing the the Bam and the Muska <laughs> and the Heath episode. Sure. And I remember it was just bad timing, and so basically I turned it down. And then now I'm like uh, looking back. Yeah. And then I, you know, with Phelps gone, you're, it'd be like hard to do. Mm-hmm. But it was going to be like Jake taking us through like a history of Thrasher, for Thrasher. Sure. And sometimes I'm like, oh, wish yeah, I, I wish missed. the timing had been right, better. Right, right. Speaking of Heath, I mean, he's the man sitting right here, you know, um, working with him on. I mean, you guys have been friends for a long time. You guys have done different trips together and stuff like that. But uh, was it weird going into a epically latered with with Heath in that kind of aspect of it? Or was it just natural? Yeah. I mean, he's someone that I didn't think would do it. Mm-hmm. Did I ask you? <laughs> Lauren asked you. I, was, I think I was scared. I don't, I don't want somebody to say no and feel stupid. So I was like, Lauren, you know, you like draw straws and Lauren asked them. <laughs> so good. So. Is that, that when you went on the boat with him? He was on a trip with Boosh. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. Good old in Boosh. Mexico. And I flew down with Mesa. Okay. We hired Aaron Meza as our cameraman, which was, uh, I mean, that's a score for me. I fucking love his, yeah, well, as a person and yeah. his um, filmmaking. I mean, there's been times where making epically letters where he shot like nice establishing shots and things. And I had to, I don't know. I'd watch things Aaron Meza made. And I'm like, man, I need to step up my filmmaking but anyway, we flew down with Aaron Meza and like a pro- producer and a fucking sound person and oh, all these wow. people. And we drove to Mexico. And it just so happened the timing worked out that he was on a, like a sick trip. And we flew down and 
caught up with them on a couple stops on their trail. So let me get this right. So you didn't know Heath back no, then, or you I did? Knew, I you knew, just didn't want to ask him. I just didn't want to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> you want to ask your friend? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to get turned down. Right, because we were there were other people. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I feel like I should. I think because I asked you once about an interview for something else, and you said no. Mm. And I was like, oh, he doesn't do interviews. Right. Honestly, Let alone a whole and, thing about him. Yeah. yeah. And then somehow we got lucky. Caught him on it. a good day. Yeah. Nice. I was saying before the show, I was like, we always get comments. Get Heath Kirchard on the show, comma, he probably will never do the show. <laughs> but he's here now. Look, he's yeah. good. Yeah, the sausage is made. <laughs> in the water. pretty nice, huh? And he's a listener. We were on that drive. We When we were in Mississippi... We listen to episodes occasionally. Nice. Wow. So let's talk about that. But so I, big. Oh, so I caught the reason. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. I was on the trip. Sorry. Heath did all these trips, like like bicycle across the country. Yep. And I don't know. I wasn't like invited, but I felt like I could have or something. But me and Kai were talking about it. Like, there's no way I would bicycle across the country. That sounds like fucking shitty. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he climbed a mountain and I was like, there's no way I would go up. That sounds horrifying but when i was on the trip to just film him on the boat with boosh that's more your speed i don't know i just suddenly was like fuck i want to do that like and i remember we were we were talking about boosh who's wasn't enjoying himself and was a little <laughs> i don't know how to you guys know him right yeah, yeah of course yeah. he just wasn't like i don't know i don't feel like he anyway i was like he kind of wanted to bail i think and i was like I would, if I wasn't working on this, I would love to trade places. That sounds sick. Like being on the boat, catching fish, yeah. eating the fish, tr figuring out how to get water, figuring out how. And I, suddenly, I just think just watching the trip, I suddenly just was like, I want to do something like this. This is, this looks like something amazing. Mm -hmm. I just got, I got like jealous. So then I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, originally, and the Mississippi River's there. Mm. And I was just like, would you think you could take your boat down the Mississippi River? Are you asking Heath this? Or yeah, you asking I was you? like, <laughs> and then our friend Kai, we all wanted to, I don't know, it just somehow I thought of it. I think because I was from there, or I read Huckleberry Finn or something, and I was <laughs> like, I want to go down the river. And then he, we just made it happen. How do other people do this? Is this a thing to go down the Mississippi River in a boat? I don't know, because it wasn't what I imagined. The river didn't look like what I imagined. <laughs> what do you mean? Because it's huge. This thing is massive. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I picture it a, a little river. A little river. Oh, you know what's funny? When you're in, when you're in downtown St. Louis, it's narrow and, and, and it's really flowing water. Mm -hmm. And there's these rapids kind of near St. Louis called the Chain of Rocks. And it's a little bit of false advertising of what the river is. But... We and I also wanted to do photography. Sure, it was kind of like two things. It was like the adventure of the trip, and then also sometimes I would wake up and go take pictures, like around Memphis or around these different cities, as like a photography project. So you're going down this river. Are you planning it out too? I mean, you must a little bit because our friend Kai had a boat that had gasoline, a motor, and I had a canoe. I bought a canoe in St. Louis. What you so from Hannibal, Missouri to St. Louis, I canoed it, but I couldn't keep up because Heath was like, had oh. two rows and was like, and then Kai had a boat, had this little like weird boat he bought. This <laughs> boat right here? The no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's Heath's boat. 
Okay. Let's see if we... And that's my dog, June. That looks like a canoe, no? No, that's a... Like a dory. A, okay. And then there's... No, that's... Anyway, I did. I ditched my canoe because I couldn't keep up. What do you mean you ditched it? You just, just let it, left, left it, it somewhere? I left it in St. Louis. <laughs> at where? A dock or like? No, at a just... friend's house. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. So there's there's Kai, and that's his boat. That's mm -hmm. like a well, it was the other, it was like a raft. Yeah. So I just I felt like I gave up a little bit, and oh, and right there where it says canal all boats, I lost my iPhone. My phone fell out of the, the canoe. So I just was like mad. Because we were in St. Louis and I lost my phone. And you're in a canoe. And I'm in a canoe. <laughs> Anybody that's watching this says, Patrick O'Dell's phone is somewhere around here if you want to go yeah. magnet fishing. Oops. And um, so anyway, I gave up and I just rode in the the little boat, that boat with the motor. Was it sketchy? Like you know, the little, little random rapids kind of? That part I was scared and I didn't do it. Heath and... Kai what went you on the didn't do it. You could just get out and then take a yeah. I went again on the I, went, <laughs> what is this? I got out and filmed. Okay, and took oh, photos and shit. Mm. Guys, this will be a great spot for me to get out and film a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I wimped out. <laughs> and me and my friend from St. Louis, Scott, took photos of okay. them doing the rapids. Gotcha. That, that's my dog. That's Jim. your dog. Oh, beautiful dog. Mm -hmm. Look at those eyes. So anyway, I wanted to make a little a photo book about the trip. It's amazing. I mean, in my in my mind. I'm picturing, you know, when you when you hear about a, a trip down the Mississippi, I'm thinking just jungle. I'm thinking nothing, but you're going through cities. Cities, and we would stay in motels or casinos or weird places when we were in cities, mm -hmm. like Memphis or wherever. And then a lot of times we just camp. Gotcha. So there'd be like little sandy islands or little places, and we'd just camp. And um, it was funny. There were times where we hated it, but at the end, I... I don't know. I missed it. I got home and was like a little depressed. Like, uh, how long did it take? Like a month. It's yeah. a long time. Yeah. And then we drove from we drove from um, New Orleans back to St. Louis and we listened to Nine Clubs. <laughs> but I don't remember <laughs> whose episodes. What when, when did you film this or when did you do this? Um, I don't know. 2019 or oh, okay. That's 2017, Big River Book. Okay, 2017. And it was right when I was moving, so it was funny. I packed up my house in Philadelphia and moved to Los Angeles, and this was in between. It's amazing. I mean, like, it's cool to do stuff like that. I just, like, so, so what, what the hell is this? Oh, this car. Okay. ferry. So we just were, like, camping weird places and stuff. Right, and so right, now right. I'm, and now I have a kid. So I have all these trips I want to do. We did a backpacking trip. But it was only three days, and I I want to do more backpacking trips, like yeah. kind of like through hiking. But I also don't want to leave my kid. How old? He's three. Three. Mm. So I'm like, I can't until he's old enough to hike. Oh, you're gonna bring him with you? Yeah. Well, maybe he's older. So wait a minute. You went downstream. You you did a month just floating down the Mississippi. Yeah. And then you had what? Would you say two boats that turned into one? Three boats. Yeah, three turned boats into two. that turned into two. Because I didn't believe Kai's boat would work. I was like, this is bullshit. Why? <laughs> What's wrong with his boat? It was like a weird square raft that he bought a motor and stuck. It was just like a boat he made up. <laughs> oh, he he made the, a boat that you would try it to make a, it, if you're trying to get off an island. He just made something up. It did, he'd do it yourself. DIY. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And there was one point where there was all these barges and one was barreling towards us. And it, he ran out of gas. Like the engine died. 
I remember just panicking because this fucking giant barge, you know, they're only going like five miles an hour, but it's just barreling towards us. And he was pouring gas in and pulling on the, the fucking thing. <laughs> oh like a lawnmower trying to get it started. <laughs> and then finally we got out of the way, but I was like, dude, we're about to die. Keeps going back and forth, like in, a, in an edit, like, right. oh my God, here it is. And you're just like, get out of there. That was the uh, quest for the Holy Grail. There yeah, it, it keeps is. running, keeps running. Mm-hmm. But what an amazing experience though. Like you want to yeah. do it again, obviously. Like do some other stuff. Yeah, I bought. I had bought all the gear for backpacking, and I don't. I want to do backpacking. Where trips. would you go? I don't know which ones I would do now. I have a permit to do Yosemite, like this backcountry Yosemite. Okay. And my wife wants to do it. So, but we're only going to do it for like two nights or three nights because we don't want to ditch our kid too long. Mm, yeah, that's tough, right? Like Heath always does the, the Colorado River mm-hmm. where you get the permit, but it's a month. And I was like, I can't be away from my kid for a month. A month, yeah, another month. for sure. But that's one I'm, that's a trip I would love to do. And, you and just I've go- done a bunch of little backpacking trips that are more like two nights, three nights. So the Colorado River, I mean, are we, are we enduring rapids there? Are we, it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. That's one Heath does. Heath, come on the show, man. Let's <laughs> man, you do some of the wildest trips I've I ever seen, dude. It's, it's a fucking amazing, <laughs> to be honest with you. But congrats. The book, Big River, out yeah. now, just came oh, out no, recently. Yeah, yeah. Where can we get it? Where, where can people find it? Deadbeat Club is the publisher. What Deadbeat, is it? Deadbeat Dead Club. Deadbeat Club. So uh, deadbeatclub.com, I assume. Dot org, I don't okay. know. <laughs> dot something. Dot, dot biz. Dot, dot something. Dot TV. Dot Not biz. on Amazon. Can't find this on Amazon. Here we go. Look right here. Patrick O'Dell, Big River, forty dollars. Got pre-order. Wait, what? Mm. Well, it's out. Oh, it's It's out. Just pre-order. Okay, for the second. Nice, dude. Again, you. So you said you are working on a book that is going to showcase your epically layered stuff. I love that one. This one's. This is a pretty limited number of books, but the the the. The epically lettered book could be a little more massive. It's the same publisher that did one of Jerry's books and did Tino Razzo's book. Mm, okay. So I'm really excited about that because I love Tino and Jerry's. Yeah, so they're, I get they're to they're be like, best. it'll fit right on the shelf next to those. No, but congrats on that, the book and everything. Yeah, and I, I can't wait for the epically lettered book because, yeah. like, again, I, you know, not to gas you up, but a big, huge fan of the epically lettered, man. I think that just we talk about skating having an impact on our on our lives growing up, and like you know, the skater impacted my life, but also shows, you know, like that impacted my life, you know, of just being able to see these people and relate to them and see their face and see them telling a story. And it's, I mean, not the show in general, not the show necessarily, but skating could be like anything. Like, like if a bunch of fucking shitty people became skaters, which I guess has happened. <laughs> like <laughs> every day. Yeah. We get to like shape our own culture. Sure. And the fact that people like John Cardiel or, you know, these, Steamer. these are our legends. Right. Yeah. Is rad. And um, having these people to pick from to do episodes on, it shows that like, how amazing the people that found skating are. True. Definitely. And, the, and, and shaped what skating could be. Like, yeah. you know, like skateboarding could have been anything. For sure. And I think, um, I remember asking Eric Dressen about the skaters he looked up to. The people, he named a bunch of skates, like some skater I never even heard of, or he went to a, um, he went to a demo. It was the Pepsi team. He's like, oh, I went to a demo and the Pepsi team was there. How crazy is that? And uh, skateboarding could have been anything at that point. Right. Right. And I actually think about the Pepsi team because 
now people get mad at like Red Bull hats at the the at Street League it'd be a Red Bull hat, but it's like I don't know the Pepsi team got dressing into skating, and, but they yeah. had a whole they had a whole uniforms though they had uniforms they had uniforms they did. They Pepsi did. uniforms. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking with the Olympic uniforms, people were mad that they're skating out of a uniform. But somehow I actually thought the uniform would be chiller than what people wear sometimes. I thought they were, I thought the uniforms were pretty chill. Right, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Right, yeah. Like, oh, you have to take off your Red Bull hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And put on this other outfit. I just want to know, is there, the show ended in 2017. We'll get, on, we'll get into what you were doing after the show. You did a bunch of van stuff. You did a bunch of music videos and stuff like that. But, um... Was there an episode that you really wanted to do that you just didn't get the chance to do? When you talk about the Jake, Jake Phelps one, but that was for Thrasher. Yeah, there's been a bunch. I mean, like, there, there are people we always hit up, like, you know, email, like, tech, like, call Mark Gonzalez and be like, can we do an episode? Right. <laughs> no, or... Nautis or anything like that? or Nautis swerves me. Yeah. Yeah. There's Steve, people that, Steve like... Racco? Ooh, I interviewed him for the Big Brother. I did a Big Brother documentary, and I yeah. got Rocco in there. But yeah, there's people that like fucking swerve you. Yeah. And early on, I would hit people up. I can't. Th- I don't know. It'd be like Dan Trehobel want to do an episode, and like no answer. Right. Yeah. Right. Or dude, tons of people. Yeah. And you just kind of win something, lose some. Yeah. Take it on the chin, man. You just move on, right? <laughs> exactly. So. Epically Later ends, you obviously, in that same year, I think that's when you did the, the Big Brother documentary, Big Brother, yeah. the Dumb, right? How did you even get into that? I, I would assume. I think it was, I think it was Hulu yeah. asked Jeff Tremaine to make it. And Jeff Tremaine's like, I'm not the director, I'm the subject. Just like, <laughs> amazing, amazing. <laughs> so that one really felt like a collaboration between me and Jeff Tremaine because as you can watch it, the look isn't like epically latered, but we were working with Jeff and Sean Cliver and there was a lot of people involved that well, that's their story. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, I'm working with them to kind of tell their story. Sure. And it's not, it's, I don't know, like, it's the Big Brother story, a little bit told by them, with, and I'm helping. Sure, sure. So you felt it was more of, it's a collaboration. A, there you go, collaboration. So it's easy to produce, I would assume, because they're telling the story, right? You just have to kind of formulate the story. Mm-hmm. Is that kind yeah, of exactly base the basis of it? Just go out and interview all the the players. And I was a huge Big Brother fan. Big Brother, I yeah. think, informed even epically later and stuff because what I liked. I'm thinking of the early issues that were hard to find, but also they would drive across the country and the whole thing was like columns with their adventures every day. And I think as a kid sitting in Columbus, Ohio with no driver's license and I'm reading this, like it's like reading a a cowboy story or something. Like, wow, you went, they went to Des Moines and and you want to be a cowboy. Right. Yeah. So I'm reading this like a fantasy, like someday I'm going to get a driver's license and I'm going to, do this sort of thing. Cause some of the writing back then and even trans world or thrasher wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Just be like weird stories. You wouldn't even necessarily read. It just mm. like filled up type. And those stories, Dave Carney and Sean Cliver is a writer and Mark McKee is a writer. 
or Kendra or whoever, they, they wrote, told amazing stories that really as took you on the ride. Like you felt like you were in the van with them. And that was something I always copied a little bit. Right. My writing to Thrasher, I'd be like, I'm on the Baker tour with these weird dudes. It was all informed by probably Dave Carney or Sean Cliver writing. That's funny. And man. so epically later, it was a little bit like that too. Right. Yeah. So I must have been a privilege then to be able to work on that. Yeah. And to, sure. to, with all those guys and everything. And it's fun because you interview people. I like interviewing these some of these weird people that you would never think. Like we went to some weird Christian college that Simon Woodstock works at. I interviewed him or just you get your or or um, Earl Parker. Mm-hmm. You know, like go to meet up with Earl Parker or even Bam. We went to Bam's house to interview Bam. And I want to say that. Maybe that's not the first time I met him, or it's definitely not, but that was sort of sparked doing an episode on him. Right. And um, so, yeah, it was a fun experience, and it was cool to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. When Epically Later ended, the 2017-ish, I mean, we're doing the the, the, the dumb Big Brother document uh, story. Were you already looking for other... I mean, first of all, were you like bummed that Epic Later died? Like, yeah, because it never, it never like ended. Like nobody, I didn't get broken up with. It just stopped. And occasionally that happened with the show a lot. A couple times I filmed things and I'd have the tapes. I remember like I filmed Ed Templeton one and I kind of had the tapes, but uh-huh. nobody was, it wasn't on anyone's list to get it cut. Interesting. And, and that happened a few times where, you know, you're with a company for a long time and like priorities shift and, People always want to make their own projects. So you're working on things for Vice. And of course, somebody has to green light, not just a book, because I could, I can be a cheap filmmaker, but the editing and the, the, the like assembly line of getting the thing fucking edited and put out costs money. And, you know, somebody's got to say, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to, it's somebody's turn to cut the Ed Templeton episode. And so there were a lot of periods, because like I said, if it was up to me, there would be weekly Epically Later every day until this week. Right. But, you know, there's a, a system. or So that goes back to them paying you per episode, right? It's essentially, yeah. what you're saying is like you have this Ed Templeton episode, but nobody's there to cut it. So nobody's cutting, nobody's buying it off you. Mm-hmm. Essentially, and that's kind of what happened at the end, or well, they just, just I don't know. There's just a, I don't know if the phone stops ringing, or yeah, you're just I don't know because I think at any point someone could just email me and be like, Hey, we're cranking out some epically later. It's like I don't feel like it, the show's over or canceled, but it's just never, you know, the next episode never aired, or just you never. I guess it got tougher because the last season, those episodes were big budget or took a lot. They had to spend more money. So maybe to like crank out some shitty ones mm. might be tough. But Would you change any way the way you did it? If you did it I again? think... It, like putting them out? Maybe shorter. The, like if we did another season for the channel. But they don't... I don't think the channel exists. And I don't think some of the people that I worked... Because I remember I was trying to get questions answered about something and... I needed something from them and I couldn't, I don't, I don't know anyone who works there. It's a weird situation. 
It's just that, you know, like things change and Yeah, but also I mean it's just a weird it's it's an unknown situation as well, like what they're they're going through and everything. And you're involved in that in some capacity, you know. They have you're a part of that, you know? And, and it's I, kind of the unknown. Yeah, I think one theory I've had is when something's like someone else's idea, it's really easy to get someone else's idea made. When it's like your idea, everyone wants to do their own idea. Mm. So if you come in like, hey, I have an idea. Like, go away. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have my own ideas. Yeah. I'm trying to get mine greenlit. <laughs> when you get oh these newer God. jobs now, are, are you going to them? Or are they mostly coming to you? Yeah, you did a lot so, of van stuff. So I did a bunch of van stuff. Um, and I got, I got hired. They were doing Vans Park Series. Mm -hmm. And they hired me to do work for them. And I was doing a lot of like just weird behind the scenes shit. Like... You're doing little mini interviews and stuff like that. Doing though, little right? mini interviews, like we would do inter little things on some of their athletes, mm -hmm. like Nora Vasconcelos, even though she's Adidas, it would be like for the Park Series. You did a Jerry Sue one too. A Jerry Sue. Oh, for his collaboration. So yeah, I did a bunch of Vans Park Series stuff and then Vans Park Series stopped. Mm. And then I was doing, they would do colorways with people and I would do little videos for the colorway right. to like explain what it was. So we would do like Lottie skate shop or yeah, yeah. Jerry Sue or uh, Justin Henry from Columbus, Ohio. Oh yeah. Those We're are just looking at your website here. <laughs> those are older. I haven't updated the site, but we did. Um, yeah. Those are some of the van skater, yeah. like Vans park series skaters. Just, just fun shit. And, that, and the, the Vans park series was really fun. Cause I got to go to every contest. Sick. And, so it would, for three years, it would be like a contest in South America, a contest mm -hmm. in China, a contest in Malmo. Amazing. So it was sweet to get to go. Sick destinations. Go yeah. on trips and um, go to Japan, go wherever, and um, whatever, just get to cool travel. I mean, it's just fun to travel. It's fun to like go to contests. Definitely. That's the best part about skating, man, is the travel. One of the, one of the best. So yeah, this was, sure. this was go to Tokyo. Oh, I got to go to Tokyo, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Seriously. It's amazing. Do you have an agent now? Like you, that no. Help? No. Just cert, I would like word one if there's an agent out there. Oh, and so the, I did the Vans colorway stuff. So like we would do, um, I'm trying to think of who we did. We did like Quasi mm. did a thing and uh, Justin Henry from Columbus, which is sick because that's where I went to high school. Sick. So he's from near me. And so we went to Columbus and got the film stuff. That was right when COVID started. Because I remember I filmed Justin Henry in Columbus. And all of a sudden it was like while we were there, it was right when like Tom Hanks got in and basketball was canceled. Oh, and I flew home. And right there. My wife made me sleep in the other room for a week. And it was right when. Because you were out and about. Because yeah. I was in Ohio <laughs> filming. So we yeah, we did, we did the Vans things. Was it all? And then I did a... Uh, Caballero, 30 Years of the Half Cab. Yes, mm. that's right. That's so I got right. to kick it with Cab and make a... That's um, so dope. Yeah, it was amazing. It, it was cool because I didn't... I guess you think about these things subconsciously, but it was the fact that it was the anniversary of the Half Cab. Mm -hmm. 30 years. 30 years Half Cab. But I was thinking about the skater, like how he skated for Vans and Powell the whole time. The trick, the Half Cab, or the, or the Caballero is still in our vernacular it's still a trick that 
yeah. if you're good, you could do capillarials. And then the shoe is still a shoe everyone wears. It's a it's a pretty insane legacy to have like those three things, like the skater, sure. the trick, the shoe. But also going from vert to street cab and continuing on, a lot of people couldn't do that. Oh, a lot of people tried, a lot of people failed. Sure. Oh yeah, when he did, I remember the 411 opener maybe with the double kink board slide. Oh Dude. yeah. <laughs> there was a one where he just board slid this long rail. I mean like nobody, mm. he pulled it off. Definitely. He did it and that, that was... It's kind of nuts how um, good he is. Yeah. I mean. Nicest, sweetest dude, too. Yeah, for sure. His, I'm trying to think. There was the street, yeah, street cab. But he would do things like, I would look on his Instagram and he was doing, I don't know, was it motocross? motocross or yeah. motocross? So he broke his femur or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, dude. He found another passion. I, I tripped out. It was on the, the Tony Hawk documentary and someone, Lance, is just like, man, it's like, imagine someone's grandpa <laughs> he he's not a grandfather but it's just like we're like granddads doing this shit and i've been skating with my kid and i i had he has a little he's on a little scooter and i've been skating with just a board and i look at like a ledge like i'm gonna go board so and i get i'm like i can't like i like ride up and i'm like and these dudes you're like, I still got it, right? And nah, uh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> the more you do it, though, you, you, you get out but, there more. But yeah. see, You're going to board side to fake you, just like Guy Mariano, I'm telling you. Oh, I wanted to. I brought the wrong board. We, I took him to the um, the uh, Santa Monica like double-sided curbs, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about dressing, how he board slid over it. Oh, where yeah. It was the ad for the Everslick. Mm -hmm. But I had the board I had was a zip zinger. I'm making excuses. Oh. But I was like... <laughs> Uh, oh, and it was Sunday, so it was packed. Hmm. I, I was thinking you skating there, and I was like, "I'm gonna boards. I'm gonna do the dressing because then I'm gonna imagine that it's sure 1997 <laughs> or 87, and it's gnarly to boards like. <laughs> you know, you might get the cover <laughs> of strength. No, I, strength wasn't around back then. No, but I got uh, I got some footage that day. I'll I'll show you off camera. Yeah, my kid bombing a hill on a little scooter. Okay, so <laughs> let's check it out. Have you, you got the board? You presented the board in front of him just yet? Yeah, he. I kept being like, "Do you want to ride my board?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then he's like, "It's too hard." And he uh, was on a little. He's on a little scooter. What would you I say? think he's that's three, a good, right? Yeah. He's three. He just yeah. turned three. He has a helmet with a little mohawk. I don't even know if he has kneecaps yet. Yeah. I mean, you know. I feel like the scooter is a good gateway thing into for kids. Yeah, they need to they need to hold on to something at sure. first, you know. I don't think helpful. you know it's not that important to me that he skates or anything, but I just like doing fun stuff with him. For sure. And I think this winter I'm going to make sure to take him snowboarding or Sick. take mm. him to the snow. Introduce him to all kinds yeah. of different stuff yeah. for sure. So we did the van stuff. We did this and uh, a lot of music videos in between all that stuff too, right? Right. I got lucky and did. No, I'm trying to think. I did one for Panda Bear, who's Panda from Bear, Animal Collective, and uh, Morrissey. Did a Morrissey video, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is insane to me because he's I'm like have been in my life the biggest Morrissey fan. I remember a friend of mine be like, "That's the biggest job that any of us have ever gotten because of how big of a fan I was mm. to get to make the video." How did that even come about? How does somebody hit you up for a Morrissey video? I did well. I did some weird assisting where I was filming concerts and filming some weird behind-the-scenes stuff okay. because somebody else hired me, mm. and then that's why I asked about. And then I got to make this. This is the one. Yeah, <laughs> looks like it's in your backyard. I mean, <laughs> it's at the it's at the recording studio. It's on uh, Melrose. Okay. 
that's why I asked about the agent because some of these things, and don't get me wrong, like obviously in, in the time and experience that you've done this, you're going to meet so many different people that can refer to you and be like, hey, well, we can hire. It's kind of like you who know. you know, right? Yeah. This was all Morrissey's idea because he was just like, this is what I want. And I remember there was a pitchfork or something saying it was just like every other Morrissey video. But it was also like, I'm just there and I'm intimidated. And they're just like, this is what we want. Like, I'm going to walk. And the band's going to walk okay. behind me. Oh, he was kind of directing it. In a yeah, sense. the guy jumps over the <laughs> Yeah, I had this other shot I really liked of him recording the lyric. Like, sing, see how these guys are all in their like, place in the studio? Sure. There was a shot of him in his spot, but he had him cut it all out. Oh, he not only was a dude, Dre, he was the editor too. He was just like, this is what I want. And he just knows what he wants. But is that kind of a bummer though? I mean, you get to that far, you have, you have this chance now, and now you, all you're doing is pointing a camera at them. He's taking all, he's taking your job from you. I, yeah, but I rationalize it as just like, sometimes you're just like, you're there to help. <laughs> you're the director, but you'll always find that someone's just like, wants. He, that's what he wants. That's what he wants. Let's fucking do it. Okay, I just think it's kind of a little I bit think I had, I had some weird, there was a shot, because I was filming a record, and he was drinking a Corona, and he like chugged it. Or, <laughs> He's drinking beer and there was something else. And um, I was like, oh, we got to have the shot of him drinking the beer. Oh, and they sent a video over of Herb Alpert in downtown LA. Uh, it was like YouTube and I, his manager sent it. And they were like, we want it like this, which was so, so I, of course I'm scared talking to Morrissey. And I was like, I got the YouTube video you sent me. And he was like, YouTube, I did not send you a YouTube video. <laughs> oh, YouTube. Like, and I was like, YouTube, YouTube. I was like, and it was a guy, like a guy with a trumpet. He's like, are you honestly telling me you've never heard of Herb Alpert? And I hadn't. And I was like, no. And I was just like a little bit nervous. And I was like, no, I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I hadn't, this is embarrassing, but I didn't know who Herb Alpert was. But then it was kind of sweet because he had this like all these records laying there and he had this gatefold with like pictures of Herb Alpert and he started showing me. He's like, well, this is Herb Alpert. And he was showing me all these pictures of Herb Alpert. And he had this trumpet, which I didn't know whether it was actually Herb Alpert's, but we took pictures of him with the trumpet. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is the real thing. And um, anyway. He's a trumpet player. Right. And so um, I got to learn about Herb Alpert and the video doesn't look anything like the video he sent me, but because then I was like thinking of skating because you, a lot of people, it's like production and costs and permits. But I was mm -hmm. like, we could go, we could go film that. Like, because it was then downtown LA or Alvera Street with Herb Alpert was the, the music video. And okay. I was like, we should just go do that. Oh, you don't need permits for it. You just go. We just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it didn't happen. Uh, huh. <laughs> Still, nonetheless, rad opportunity, right? Damn. So then now I never will see Herb Alpert without being like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to, oh, I hear you're doing a 25th anniversary video for Nixon, 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 which is awesome. How did they even, how did even that come about? Well, I guess it started the, this guy, Matt, Ramirez works at Nixon and mm -hmm. I worked with him on a, I did a, I did a basically a pretend epically later on D'Angelo Russell who played for the Lakers or oh, plays for the Lakers yeah. for New He's Era back. and Matt was involved in that project. Okay. So we did like a, we did a um, D'Angelo Russell epically later 
<laughs> and um, now Matt is at Nixon, and that video, that was a fun project and came out cool. And so I think he pitched it to Chad, mm, the owner, the of owner Nixon. of Nixon, yep, yep. along with this other guy. Andy is one of the co-owner or the other co-owners. But um, and it was funny because in my career, I spent so much time in New York and L.A., a little bit San Francisco. That I don't, I'm, I'm in San Diego area is a little bit of a blind spot. Sure. So I wasn't super familiar with. Well, obviously knew Nixon from the, the advertising. And, but I, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time in Encinitas, so I never met Chad before, but he, they sent me over the list of all the people that we were going to interview for it. And it was pretty like fucking gnarly list. Like, yeah. like Mike D from the beastie boys and all these people. And, um, I started to think, man, man all these people are going to be in this project. Like Colin McKay. I mean, I can't, it's, it's hard to list them all. Like, sure. All these sure. sick people. And I was like, it must, I was like, this, this must be like a rad company or a rad dude that owns the company mm -hmm. that all these people are going to we interviewed uh robert trujillo from metallica okay just a, like sick people and as i met chad and as i started learning more about the brand i kind of understood why people were so down to, mm. to be a part of it i guess it's just a, like it's just a sick company and i got to i got to to learn about it hang out with them and in some ways, I feel like I've kind of become part of their their like okay. roster. You know, they shot they uh, Thomas Campbell used to shoot all their ads, but like Playback and yeah. um, Grant Britton, Atiba sure. Jefferson, and whatever the sickest people, the sickest snowboarders, surfers. And it's funny, I don't know a lot about snowboarding and mm. a lot about surfing, but as I met each person, I was like, this dude's sick, this dude's sick, right? So. Um, yeah, we're making a 25th anniversary of Nixon Watches. Yeah. I mean, video. The, 25 years is incredible. And I mean, I know why, I know what you're talking about with like the guy from Metallica and all these people because, I mean, they've done so many different projects with so many different people. And it's just, they've, they've done it all, yeah. you know? So to go cover all that stuff, it's amazing. Have you gotten a free watch? That's how you know, <laughs> yeah. that's how you know you're in the family yeah. if you got a free watch. Yeah, I'm a okay. I'm a watch wearer. Okay. Are you? I can't leave the house without a watch. What do, what do, what do we got? What time piece do we have on right now? <laughs> this, is a, this is a Nixon. It's solar. So okay. It powers by the sun. No, it's solar. Yeah. Really? Look at you. Solar part of the family. Huh? It was funny that interview, and I interviewed two people that don't set their watches. Uh, P Rod mm -hmm. said he puts on a watch and doesn't set it. He doesn't set it. <laughs> so, so how does like, he know what time it is? I was like, so if someone comes up to you like, hey, what time it is? You have to like fish for your phone? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and same with Nora Vasconcelos, doesn't set her watch. By the way, these are a couple of pictures that I think you took, right? Did you take these? Oh, yeah. Of uh, P Rod right there. He's been in the Nixon family for ages. Yeah, he's a little child there. Yeah. Little kid. Look at that. And then uh, speaking of Nora, you have Nora Vasconcelos. Nora and her cat. Their cat there. Nice little interview set up there. I see you have the little boom mic with a little fluffy thing on it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When does this uh, come out? Playback. In like two weeks. I'm a little stressed because we're, we're like crunch time on the edit. Right. Mm. Oh, so we're we're good. You, I mean, you've, you've got we're, it. It's shot. I shot the, the last interview like a week ago. I drove to Thomas Campbell's house. In okay. Like, kind of a burp. How I drove you? to Thomas Campbell's house in Santa Cruz and got the oh, last wow. interview. Nice, dude. How long have you been working on this thing for? Like a month. Oh well, it was it was maybe two weeks of filming, mm. 
And now that was like two months ago, and then a couple pickup interviews here and there. Red. There's Sal. Salema Masakela. He is a great interview. He's the man. Salema. We've been trying to get him on the show for a while. He has his own podcast, right? He does. I think he just. I think he's just starting it. Actually, you guys have like podcast beef. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't want. We don't want Salema on the show anymore. No. Yeah, no, he could. He could take a hike. He was a great <laughs> interview. There's certain people you just interview. He's got the gift of. Sp- he speaks really yeah. well. His yeah. grand. He had a. Po- he had a Herb Alpert poster. His grandfather played with Herb Alpert. Oh, sick. There's some history. There's some. There's Chad. Chad from Nixon, right there. Chad's sick, man. He's a good dude. We've had, well, I've gone down to have meetings with him. I and noticed stuff like that. I noticed this because usually you do these. I do epically later. Do all the shit, and sometimes like behind the scenes, everyone starts fucking talking shit, and no one has anything bad to say about them. Amazing. You I just interview that. people. Everyone's happy, like to drop what they're doing to come interview for it. Right. No one's. I didn't catch any drama. He. Here's a quick story on our behalf of not having anything bad to say about Chad. He hit us up because we, we've always wanted Steve Rocco on the show. He's like, Hey, I know Steve Rocco. Let me set up a meeting with you guys. You guys come over to my house. Steve will come over. Also, you guys can meet. We'll have some breakfast and we could chat and see if we can get him on the show. I mean, very gracious. You know, he didn't have to do that. He opened up his home, had Rocco come over. We had a meeting. It's a good time. Rocco still hasn't been on the show, but at least he tried. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? See how the photo, the photo's all hazy over on the mirror. Yep. The, that's like Mississippi water. That was the, the trip when I made this book. Mm. I think the camera got like water in it and it's still, but then I kind of like the look. It's, con- it's done. I didn't notice it. Because it's a film. It's like contacts uh, and the, the, everything got like waterlogged on that trip. Wow. That's a good photo. And I, like I that. just, I just live with it. Works. Looks good. Zion. Zion's so sick. Yeah. It's rad, though. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. Do you guys wear watches? I do. I I got the Apple Watch. Time to time. I wear it from time to time, too. Yeah. Time to time. That one looks looks good. I leave the house without a watch, I start getting all stressed. Do you set it before you leave? (laughs) I can tell the time. (laughs) I don't set the date, though. This says it's Monday the 8th. I just set the time of the day You're way off. <laughs> got the weekday, right? Sometimes I, I felt weird skating with a watch on. If I fell on my wrist, I felt mm. like it would hurt a lot more. Yeah, I had a nice, well, what I considered at the time a nice watch when I was shooting skate photos. Remember I thrashed it like mm. like shooting photos and was nervous about it. And so it's nice to wear a watch that's more in the like $200 range. Oh. Because yeah. you're like, yeah, if, yeah, I bang, yeah. if I fuck it up, it's not that yeah. big of a deal. But also yeah. you got it for free. I got this one for free. Right. But I have, right. a, I have a lot of watches I pay. Oh, you do a lot of yeah. Okay. I got a little case of watches. For me, it's like, it, it, I, I relate it to like the sunglass thing, right? I, I don't have a good pair of sunglasses because they, they fall. They fall off. They grow on the ground. They scratch it. I cannot have a $200 pair of sunglasses. I just get the little cheap ones. Oh, they're, they're perfect. Whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. I have a fake Rolex that I bought at uh, in China. I still got <laughs> yeah. it. Still works. Shake it up. So things still keeps ticking. I, I don't know. I think it's like when you have a film camera and it's sick to have the like, to shoot on film or you have like a vinyl record or you have, it's just part of that family of, vintage equipment. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's your piece right there. The Century Solar Leather, two fifty. Boom. Pat. Oh my God. Look at you. So we got the Nixon thing. Congrats on that. It's amazing. You got to interview a lot of uh, dope people. And uh, I'm glad I have some stuff to talk about that's current because some, I was nervous about doing these and feeling if we had just been like 
Oh, epically later canceled. How sad are you? But <laughs> I don't want to be on this thing feeling like a big loser. <laughs> I, I have, yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. But at the same time, like you have so much rich history to talk about, even if you had nothing, if you were retired right now and had nothing to do. Because yeah. I was for a couple of years, my wife was working and we had our child, Arthur, mm -hmm. that's his name. Mm -hmm. I had to think of a name that wasn't a pro skater. <laughs> There is no be. Arthur, right? I guess there's no Arthur. Are you telling me there's no Arthur pro skater? Yeah, I like Art, Art Vandelay. <laughs> Art Godoy? Oh, yeah. Art Godoy yeah. was the only one I could think of. But we'd think of names and be like, what about Ethan? And I'd be like, oh, it's a skater. Yeah. <laughs> Every name. What about Julian? <laughs> no, it's a skater. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even like that skater. You know, name. She was like, people yeah, with yeah. the names, they could ruin She's it. She's like, what about Jerron? No, it's a skater. <laughs> There's already a J Dubs. It's not gonna, be it's not gonna work. Yeah. There's already a Boosh. <laughs> <laughs> you Can you imagine? Boosh. This is my baby Boosh. But that was a Boosh real Odell, thing. Yeah. Like you gotta uh, come up with a name no that doubt. I don't have. That I'm not gonna be like. Yeah, I had a hard time, hard enough time coming with a name with my cat. I couldn't even imagine a child. You gotta live with it. We left the hospital five days. We didn't have a name. It was just. What'd you call it? Uh, yeah. ba baby Wilson. Baby Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> baby Wilson yeah, we had to go back and sign some papers. Yeah, Baby Wilson. You hungry? You hungry, Baby Wilson? <laughs> I couldn't just. I couldn't have a name before I actually see my child. You got to meet him first. Yeah, I understand. And I was got, like that with my cat. We got to hang out a little bit, and then we got a name. You said Baby. God, Baby. We'll just stick with Baby Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> what if you stuck? Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> I'm having a little laugh. Well, I was just right. saying, I spent two years stay-at-home daddy. Mm -hmm. And wasn't really working on anything, just working on my kid. Right. Yeah. And that is a beautiful moment, bro. You'll never get that back. So anyway. I was thinking about that yesterday. He was like taking a nap on me and we were skating. He keeps like, I want to go skate. I want to go scooter. And he like cuddles me. And I'm like, man, one of these days it's not going to want to. Oh my God, bro. That's we're not best. cuddling. He's going to, yeah. He's yeah. going to hate me. Yeah. You don't want to think like that, but yeah, it's going to be different. He's going to hate me. So we got, we just finished, we're finishing up the Nixon project. What about anything else uh, on the, on the horizon? What do we got? To a book? The That's Epiclator the, the book, Epiclator book. I don't know. I got some stuff I'm trying to get made, but. By the way, do we know the, uh, uh, what do they call it? The publisher for the Epiclator book? What, what's the publisher's name? anthology know? anthology so people that are watching this closer to the time that when your book comes out go to anthology and maybe pick up the uh, epically later book yeah. yeah that one will be more like in barnes and noble and well, i don't know okay. i don't know for real okay. but they're gonna print a lot of them there you go i love that because tino's because tino and jerry's book you just see it everywhere so i'm like oh i want to get it up on the tino and jerry I want to be next That's to just some good. Those are some good people to be next to. Do you That's see Tino's fine. book? I oh, haven't. Tino's book's all empty pools. Oh, okay. And Tino, when I, especially when I was partied in New York, was one of my best friends, and he never seemed like a photographer. Like, he never, he never camera didn't do it. And then suddenly he started going on pool sessions and would take pictures of all the empty pools. And I couldn't believe it when he started showing me the pictures. I, I cannot believe you're a photographer they're like william eggleston like landscapes of and i have one in my house giant here we go that's sick yeah it's beautiful photography i though. never even yeah when you say picture of a pool i'm just picturing just an empty pool but that's yeah that's a great photo i got one of his the drum scans from his picture and i blew up one of them and it's hanging in my house but anyway i'm just proud of him he's a uh 
Damn, there's all the steps right there. That's super rad. I didn't know Tino that either. Yeah. Tino Razzo, photographer. I had no idea. He's when super I met low him, key, bro. He's been low key. When I met him, he was the bar. He was the uh, person that checked IDs at Max Fish. Right. And we became friends because I, well, we were friends already, but I would come to Max Fish and sit there and get free drinks while he checked IDs. <laughs> I love that, man. His brother was a bartender, so I'd just mm -hmm. go to Max Fish and. Max Fish still around? Did they, are they? I think it's gone, gone right? They moved, but I think. They're closed right now. They're yeah, closed. I want their couple months. Ago, Iconic skate bar for those people yeah. who don't know in New York, yeah. man. A lot I of think I ruined it, and this is one thing you I'll ruined take the whole thing a little bit because on my blog I would always be like, "Go to Max Fish, go to Max Fish," and I think when I first started going there, it was a really sort of a bohemian kind of like artists hung out there, musicians, mm. and then I started posting, and you I think ruined it. I think people would come to town, skate teams. Mm. Be like we're going to Max Fish, and then a couple years in, it was just all skaters. Yeah. How funny is that? That I mean, nowadays we blog isn't even really in our vocabulary anymore. I mean, it, the blog turned into vlog. I mean, blogging seems so. Yeah, Instagram killed it. Like I, once I got an Instagram account, I never. That was the the thing that made me stop posting. Because now you have acts. You have your own. Just post on Instagram. Yeah. It's so and it was funny because sometimes I think about it. I was like how many views I used to get Ugh. and I was kind of like what was a typical view what, what are you talking I, I about I don't know but I just remember it was in the millions when, when I look at total in views ever on the site and this is a skateboarding blog <laughs> right, right but it's funny because now I don't have I don't party I don't have anything to post I pick my Instagram is just like my kid and camping it's just some bullshit <laughs> like i don't i'm not like it's, you're it's pretty much epically later my influencer days are over <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty much later but back yeah but back it's later <laughs> but back then you know partying every night sure like, yeah, yeah, yeah up to trouble yeah what is that i mean was that a lot to deal with back then when you're like this guy behind the camera or like a photographer now you're like you're kind of this famous dude was there any did it did it, like you partying with the feel like well you get a lot of attention I, I remember it was, I lived in New York and I would, well, when I first moved there, yes, drinking, partying, mm, bullshitting, yeah. like constantly. Right. And like a little bit like, this happens to a lot of even pro skaters that go to New York, you, you kind of blow off the thing. Bars are open till four, you just get sucked in. Sure. And the blog started in kind of that. And I remember around when I turned, it was around when I turned 30. And I remember about two months had passed and I hadn't gone out at all. Hmm. And I was thinking about how rent was cheaper in LA and I could have a yard. And I was like, I'm not even taking advantage of New York anymore. I'm not out till four, I'm just going to bed at 11. And there was a little bit of growing pain from being partier to responsible, mm -hmm. partier to responsible. And especially now with a kid, I couldn't even, I think that, you know how your, your, your cells in your body replace over time? And I have this theory that maybe after six years, you're an entirely different person because everything has replaced itself. Interesting. I am not the same person. I look at the blog, I'm like, this is not mm. how I would live. Now I just hang out with my kid. How long ago was, did you, because uh, well, you're sober now, right? You don't sober, drink. Sober, I don't so drink. How, how long ago was that? I haven't drank in a long time. In a long time, okay. And, um... More than six years. Yes. Okay, so we're, we're maybe in, two, two or three times the person you were before. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I, have, I have shed my skin <laughs> many times. 
Because sometimes I have friends. Sometimes there were friends. Do you ever look at Instagram and you get like jealous a little bit? And you see all your friends hanging out, or, like sometimes. partying, yeah, and yeah, a little there. FOMO here and there. Yeah, yeah. you're like, Normal. oh, why didn't I get invited? And then, but you don't even miss it, do you? <laughs> then I'm like, I just want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted the opportunity. I just to turn the down. invite, and then yeah, no. <laughs> I think I just when I looked at like an Atiba party. It was like Atiba and Jerry and Tino and all my friends. Oh uh, yeah, Spanky. Yeah. All, those are the ones. Well, no, right Spanky. Now. Spanky's on Team Dad with me. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. We have we have like a dad group chat. It's like me and the responsible crew. Our, our friend the responsible do you know, crew. Do you know Manute? Our friend Manute. He sounds really familiar. Yeah, he's Maybe on the, I met him. He's on the dad group chat. We call okay. him Manute because he's so tall. Manute Bowl. Yeah. Manute Bowl. Yeah. His, well, his name's Chris Shantine. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's Manute Anyway, Bowl. we just, okay. we're on a dad chat. I remember one time I saw the, the chat that all my other friends were on, and then I started looking at it. I was like, oh, I'm kind of glad I'm not on that chat. <laughs> yeah. The we, chat that just never stops either, and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm just God. not even into this right now. The one you put on silence. Even though it's fun to look at, you just got to have it on silence. Yeah. yeah. So I've been going to bed at... Like, yeah, like 9.30. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, my kid woke me up at like 6 today. He's like, Daddy, wake. Daddy, come see this. Daddy. And we went in. I think he was just showing me that the sun was up. Because <laughs> I went in there wasn't, he didn't show me anything. No, yeah. no. He's just like, wake up. Look at this. <laughs> it's light out. <laughs> just an hour ago, it was dark. <laughs> Pretty much. It's so funny, man. As we get older, bro. I, I mean, it's, I, I, speaking on, it was funny because like I, for some reason in my building, I stopped getting mail like a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. Mailbox empty all the time. No mail, no mail, no mail, nothing. No mail. And I was like, yes, I, finally. I mean, you know, you'd, you'd get junk mail. You'd, every time, I'm, every day my mailbox is full of all this junk. And I'm so, I was so happy that I'm never getting mail again. And now I'm actually bummed because I'm like, what am I missing out on? Is somebody trying to send me something that I? Yeah, where's your? What do you? What, you're not getting my mail. mail stopped. I have not, no, no mails, mail. no nothing. Nothing. Well, what? guess what though? You're getting a lot of spam email. That's for sure. Kelly already knows. <laughs> that mail's not going away. <laughs> yeah. I asked someone for vans once. In when I lived in New York, I asked mm-hmm. Robin Fleming to send me some vans. I was like, I some like half cabs. They never came, and I didn't hound her about it. And then one time I went in the lobby, and the building manager was standing there, and he had half cabs on. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, he. Six-year-old man from India, with half cabs on, and if it was if it was the authentics, he might be like, well, maybe he bought those. But with the half cabs, I just knew he stole my shoes. <laughs> He's wearing the evidence right there in your building. Yeah, I, I was kind of just stoked on it. Like, He's got my, he got my shoes. <laughs> Didn't even question him. We'll no, I just let him, I just let him live. You're like, oh, let nice shoes, live. dude. Yeah, yeah. Hey, nice shoes, Caballero. <laughs> Fur cab, street cab. You know who he is. <laughs> Listen, Patrick, this has been incredible, dude. I want to thank you so much for ah, everything you've done, man. I mean, you shaped uh, a lot of people, including myself, uh, as a skater, you know, and what what I... I feel like you guys took me out. What do you mean? I feel like... You hung over right now? The the Nine Club is like the new Epically Later. No, but we came That's way That's an honor after. to hear that, but I don't think that. We, have, we don't, it's different styles. If dude. you want to find out yeah. why the dude got kicked off Thunder Trucks, you can come in. And... <laughs> this is true. <laughs> we'll be sure. Everyone wants to know that. We'll be sure to break that breaking news. I just slap that info. Thunder Trucks. Um, so why did you get kicked off of Spitfire, man? <laughs> uh, I appreciate you guys having me. I've been nervous. Dude. I've been on a few podcasts where I wasn't that nervous, but this oh, one I've been like stressing about it for 
weeks. And yeah, looking should. at it now, we're done. No, I'm no, still sweating. Yeah, but my no pits, reason to stress. You, it, you it killed might be it. You did a great here, job. It, might be it, it is getting a little warm. We're going to need a little air conditioning in here pretty soon. Yeah. Summer's, summer's upon us. How come you guys never have Heath on? Heath? Well. That's on Heath. <laughs> well... <laughs> Actually, what Hopefully he didn't know is we're doing a back-to-back right now. Okay, Patrick, you get up. Heath, you come, come on, sit down. In. I brought him as like a, I was going to foist him. <laughs> like were, slowly back away and have him come on. And, then and you were going to run out the door. <laughs> Take a seat. Not, <laughs> and not because I don't want to. I want to be on your show. I understand. I'm just, I understand. I'm just Do you ever feel like you're the, the baseline boring person who brings these interesting people in? And to some degree, I, I can I can understand where you're coming from for yeah, sure. Like, yeah, you're like, yeah. and so I I have that like uh, thought. <gasps> Who no one wants to hear from me? They want to hear from Dustin and no, Dill and but Allie. you. No, they do, really. and that's they the funny part about our show. And I've said it time and time again. You probably have heard me say this, but it is the people behind the scenes that I love and I think that are the most interesting. Not only the skater, they have their own great story, but it's the filmers, the photographers, the, the, the movie makers, the, the team manager. Like, I love the BTS stories, man, the yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. fishing for a compliment, but you got one. If we, we you um, got one. But you're right in that, like I think about, like we mentioned Aaron Meza. Yeah. Or Tobin Yellen. Tobin. Mm-hmm. We're waiting Great for Tobin. Guy, yeah. Or um, many people. Thomas Bryce Campbell. Knights. Bryce mm-hmm. Knights. Yeah. There you go. I want Schlossbach. Come on. There. What yep. about, uh, oh, this is a person who said that. What about Daniel Harold Sturt? Oh, yes. wow. Yes. I mean, I've good, got a nose from him. I think he would even be harder to get than Heath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sturt. Heath, he, oh, we just got to ask Heath on the right day. Heath, is it the right day today? No, he's no, not right. No, no. <laughs> we loved having you here, though, bro. Hell yeah, Heath Kirchard in the building. Good energy. Uh, can we give you some nine clip stuff to take home? We got some coffee mugs. We got a little swag yeah, I want stuff. stickers. Stickers for my more stickers. I have a fr- little fridge that I'm putting stickers on. Raj may have some really great stickers. We don't know. Maybe Raj. Raj definitely good has stickers. Sticker collection. No yeah, doubt. I'm sticker collecting. I got some good stickers at my parents' house. I got a. I mean, we're talking old. Yeah, I got some good ones. Really? Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta hook you up. Shoebox? Just yeah, uh, shoeboxes. Yeah, boxes, plural. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Stickers right. are good because you know one thing I like about stickers is when we were kids, they were all sick graphics and stuff, and then they went through a phase where stickers were just the company name, yeah, the brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad it's back where it's like cool graphics and art. Mm-hmm. I had a little college, I had a little college boy fridge in my room growing up. You know, just a little small thing, but it's stickered up, stickered up. World Sick. Industries, pitchforks, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So good. Kelly, we do the honors, yeah. man. Will you grab him a couple of little things? Oh, there's Roger with some yes. stickers. Oh, Boom. Damn. He are gave him archived old Jason Lee stickers. Where are these from? Those, Tim Dowling gave us two. How many packs did he give us of Raj? Two? I got three of them. Three packs But when of were those. these printed? That's the, those that's are the originals. OG. Originals. Yeah, I can't take them all. That's really rude to take that many of these. I'm going to take like three. It's take, just too valuable. Take four. Take four. I can't deny you could definitely Jason sell those on Lee. eBay. <laughs> yeah, those are original Jason Lee stickers. Stay, uh, uh, oh, for the those colors people, too, dude. Take some different colors. Yeah, oh, there's different colors. Co- See, this is like, bro. For those of you listening, stickers, wind stickers, like, yeah, yeah. This is when they like matter. Different yeah. colors. For those of you yeah. listening, it's a Jason Lee TV series sticker because he knew he was going to be on TV one day. Do you think these were Mark McKee? 
Mark McKee drawing. It's probably McKee, yeah. I like I it. Doesn't, it doesn't even say what brand it is. It's so sad. This is Jason Lee, yeah. Like, it doesn't say blind. Or, mm. Is that going on your cooler? I bought, oh, when I was filming Big Brother, I was at Mark McKee's house. And mm. somebody I knew, Justin Reagan, had bought this graphic. And he's like, yeah, I got it for like 200 bucks. And it was like an original graphic. And I was like, while I was at Mark McKee's, I'm like, do you have any graphics like that? No. And he started showing me boards, and the boards were expensive. And I was like, no, because Justin has this Chris Brana graphic. Do you have anything like that? And I bought, um, remember the skull, the Rudy Johnson skull that was a parody of Paul Peralta? Mm -hmm. Yep. I have like the weird acetate Thank original. You, Thank you. Amazing. And I got this one. Do you remember the Jeremy Klein? You, Jeremy Klein, where it was supposed to look like Norman Rockwell, and he's like beat up kid. Yeah, I had yeah. a I had a sitting on the thing, right? Sitting on a little. I have the drawing. Oh, that's. Sick. And we're talking like, I had one of those boards, like so a, couple, a couple hundred bucks, and I have the original. And the one I have is not finished. I asked him, I was like, "Why does it look like this?" And he's like, "Oh, I think I messed that one up, and I started over." Oh so God. I have maybe like the first draft. That was a slick bottom. Yeah, so I have a black and white of that and the Rudy Johnson. Oh, and he had. Do you have him? I, I shouldn't. Eat, yeah, and I shouldn't say this because someone else will buy them. But maybe it's too late. He had the fucked up blind kids. Oh four, no way! But he's like, oh, I want. Maybe it was like five hundred each, and so it would be like two G's, and I just didn't have two G's. But I was like, that'd be dumb of me not to buy them. But I bought the other ones, and I was like, I want the fucked up blind kids. Dude. This is amazing. Yeah, and he lives serious. near. You should run over. He lives. There. Yeah, lives. He was close to here, so I went to his house with cash and got. Two graphics, the Rudy Johnson and the Jeremy Klein. I had no wow. idea that he just slangs graphics like that. And then somebody had, yeah, I think one of them, I don't know what the graphic process is, but it looked like some sort of part of the process. Like it wasn't the original drawing. It was like an acetate. Oh, or that's yeah, pretty yeah, sick. They have to though, cut regardless. it out or whatever. But it's a sick graphic because it's the Rudy Johnson skull. Mm -hmm. That's so sick. Like the ruby lip? Ruby lip. And then part of me is like, man, you've been carrying this around for like 30 years and you're just going to like let it go for... A couple hundred bucks to me. <laughs> so that's not something that he's like advertising and selling. You just happen to. Be I like, just was at his house. Like, what do you got? That's pretty amazing. I want those fucked up blind kids. You should hit them up. It, I, still then, have, I, that, I still have the pick of sticker packs. That was the I thing. I got the though, remake boards of. But, that was yeah. the thing. I think as I was at his house, I had the opportunity. But then I started emailing him like, hey, I want the fucked up blind kids. He didn't respond. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it was after. Like, I just seized the opportunity. <laughs> and then I kept thinking like, I need the. But then the fucked up blind kids might be weird in the living room. <laughs> you just like, gotta, you just, every time somebody comes over, you just have to explain yourself. It was like yeah. Jerk and Jordan. Yeah. Hi, guy. Rear end Rudy. You gotta explain <laughs> Why are these here? Hi, guy. Rear end Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Listen, Patrick, dude. Hold on. First of all, Patrick O'Dell. Thank, Dude, you. thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, um, thank you man. Thank you. Bro. These are actually worth more than those little Jason <laughs> Lee stickers you have here. Yes. Some nine club stickers. Those I'll send great. you a picture of my fridge later. Yeah, my when it's all fridge. when it's all stickered up. So blowing you up. Yeah. A spam call. Usually I put on <laughs> silence, but nobody calls me anyway. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, nine club mug for the morning tea or thank coffee. You. I don't know what you drink, but. Uh, then listen, we got to keep your feet warm, even though Dude. it's getting summer out there. We got some stance. Nine Club socks right Stance here. Stance are the best socks. They're great. I I wear stands every single wearing, day. And that's just that's not I'm an advertisement. I'm wearing stance. I wear the baseball ones a lot where the players wear them. Oh, sick. What, the Comfy. one with the little uh, strips on them? Yeah, they're like baseball. Oh, they're not the ones with the the, 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 the stripe going up the side. No, Remember those I don't ones? Because they do the MLB on-field <laughs> socks. And so I started getting... 
I was like, I want the ones that like, send those. Because you know how the sick baseball players wear them like pulled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Wait, are they the ones to? with the, the lines on the side? Yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah are you yeah, a baseball yeah. fan? Yes. What's your team? St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, there you go. You guys got I last mean, place. He's, he's yeah, no, we got good players. Time. You guys got good players, but they're not going to be Cardinals in about a week. Yeah, <laughs> trade deadline. Yeah, listen, the Cardinals <laughs> suck, man. Here's a. <laughs> <laughs> There's a nightclub thermos, man. Yeti, you got to keep it hydrated out there. And Yeti's got a new one for the water. Here's a plastic one. It's a BPA, whatever the hell it is. It's all <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Did you remember, uh, what was that brand? Oh, fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, a long time ago, they had uh, shirts that said booze and shoes. Booze and shoes? It said booze and shoes. It no. was like one of their shirts, like right when they started. Okay. But it was a St. Louis reference because one of the owners is from St. Louis. Mm -hmm. St. Louis was first in booze, first in shoes, last in the American League. Because, oh, whatever, the St. Louis Browns sucked. But that's why it says booze and shoes. It was like a St. St. Louis Browns? That, they became the Baltimore Orioles. And they sucked. Things changed up. Sorry, that's so off topic. I know we were, I know we were doing a thing. You can just cut the baseball. That's good talk. to know. You gotta learn Why something. Not? You know, Schmitty. He has a Schmitty. Yeah, I know. He Schmitty. has a baseball skate podcast now. A baseball no way. skate podcast. What does that mean? I would love uh, to Kelly's talk about that. <laughs> Kelly's about to go get on is, that thing. The problem is, is I think he's so pro Giants that it's yeah. basically a Giants skateboarding. A, uh, that's. I mean, that's cool. I mean, but I was like, so does he have Dodgers fans on there? Like. Yeah, depends. Uh, that rivalry is gnarly. I'm not like I'm not gonna fight you, type dude. Like talk shit, but I, I, I just, it's fun when it's in the moment. But I love that history though of the team. Well, he's got a sure. talking Schmidt yeah. podcast. Talking Schmidt. Yeah. He has another yeah. one. Another one. Baseball and skateboarding. Oh, okay. Which yeah. I'm stoked on. That sounds cool. I'm gonna start. That's awesome. I haven't listened. I just dope. became aware of it. Mm. I'm gonna I, tune into that I one. I can't remember. I think the name's like some skate pun that would like. be that would be kind of I mean, it would be weird but like i would like to see different people from different skaters from like different teams i mean yeah i think it would make it more diverse Did you see the, like, the right. guy mariano cover thrasher we had the dodgers hat on mm -hmm. i don't know i was like amazed that they oh i know allowed right that. yeah oh, <laughs> that is, dodgers, yeah. they're very strict on their stuff huh so guy mariano this, is, dodgers. Wait, this is years ago though yeah i was just shocked that they allowed that hmm Dodgers. That the Dodgers allowed that. No, that, that the Thrasher. Thrasher, allowed that Thrasher yeah, yeah. Okay. Because Dodgers could have sued them. Right. No, no, no because no, of the rivalry. They love the Giants so uh, much. Uh, that's... Like Thrasher on their Instagram for years had the Giants logo, mm. and I was like, they let guy with Dodgers hat. You know okay. why they let him? Because it's Guy Mariano. There you go. If it was me on there and they were putting the cut, they would have been like, no, we're gonna pass on this one. The Cardinals sure. all yeah, we got. Do a Photoshop on that. You thing. know, yeah, you okay. think, <laughs> let's Photoshop him. I always think about like what pros, like what team. Mm -hmm. The Cardinals only have me, I think Barra, and Dave Mayhew. It's a good lineup. We're the Cardinals fans. Yeah, you you, oh. you, you three are sitting in the outfield. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so anyway, right. we have a, we have we don't. There's a few. Is it like Jason Wessler from there and uh, yeah. Brad Johnson? Brad Johnson. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Jabari, they, they, Jabari yeah, Pendleton. I think isn't Jabari from there? Or my. Oh. Jason Wessler like for SF though. Yeah, but those I'm just saying they're from there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. A lot of the Boston skaters just like the Giants, like right. uh, Brian Anderson's Giants, Phelps. He's from Boston, right? But he's a he's Giants. Mm. See, what people don't realize is that we have our own skateboarding 
baseball podcast. This is going to be cut into two episodes. This is a whole different episode. This is two different. It's where we started. This is episode one. Oh, you you, you uh, just made me so happy when you brought that up. I was like, oh, this would be a good thing. This is, this is called sk- up to skateboarding up to bat. You know what we're missing out on right now is the is the. I always oh. noticed that like the New York skaters, some of them have the Mets, some of them uh, the Yankees. Yeah. And then I was like, Bobby Yankees. Puglio usually has a Mets hat, oh. but then I had this whole photo where he had a Yankees hat. I was like, oh, he must have switched. Switched up. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it's like Clippers. But Slickers, I was going through my right? blog, yeah, and I used to have Yankees hats just because I like New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes I look at them, I'm like, why am I fucking wearing a Yankees hat? Yeah. Like it's kind of regrettable. Or I'd have a. <laughs> A Phillies hat because my initial is P. Right. But like, I don't, I'm not a Phillies. Listen, there's a lot of stuff I can look back on and be embarrassed about. But listen, <laughs> I think that we're in a good a spot. Lot. There's a good, a lot. <laughs> trust me. We're in a good spot right now, Patrick. Okay. okay? Don't ruin it. Dude, thank you so much for coming yeah, on the bro. show. We appreciate you. And thank you for everything you've done, man. And I hope to, something's going to happen with Epically Latered. We'll see. Someone listening is going to hook me up. There you go. There we go. That's right. Epically That's Latered right. part two. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, Patrick. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. Credits. Credits.